0: We'll i right
1: Welcome to episode 88 of Zapped to the Past. I am Adrian Mills and I am joined as always by Mr. Graham Raddings. If you haven't listened before, this is a podcast where we discuss games that were released for the Commodore 64. Last week, we looked at our first batch of games from issue 37 of Zap 64, which we are in no way affiliated with, and were chilled by Chernobyl, peddled in silence in professional BMX simulator, and had our time wasted by Time Fighter. This week, we continue our look at the games in May 1988, along with what was also going on in UK albums that month. So Graham, inform us of the order of events
0: for this week. In this delicious sticky toffee pudding of an episode, we grab our 8-bit katanas and munch on a carrot as we head into the super polite walking world of the rabbit ronin in Samurai Warrior, the battles of Usagi Yajimbo. We grab our six shooters and head north in the Wild West on a crappy, rooting-tooting rampage with the grizzly Gunsmoke. Explore the badly blended demo code routines and Multiplex of vomiting of the shoot-it-all-nonsense rubbish UCM and dive into our always yellow flying machine in the too-simple low-altitude stroboscopic aeroplane racer GB Air Rally. As if that pudding needed more custard. Fancy a game of hearts or blackjack or Texas Hold'em? No? Well, I don't care anyway because Margaret Thatcher does, for some reason. That's right, we shuffle our hands and get our 8-bit gamble on in the single-player world of the card sharks. We also explore some more mud filled caves in the dreary Boulder Dash D make nonsense of Rockford, take to the skies again, well, more like ten feet from the ground, in the techie but confused ATF, before finally slipping into our best eight bit Farrah flares and sneaking into the underground Geldra HQ on a daring rescue mission in the rainbow hooded Rolling Thunder. My advice to you is don't eat all that tasty goodness in one go. Save some of that deliciousness for later. All right. Okay. Excellent. I-
1: I hope what you just said was uh, on the money. I'm sure it always is. Yes, it's, it's as fitting as it's ever been. <laughs> it's just straight down the line oh, it's down been a crazy week it's crazy weather outside
0: at the moment as well oh, it's got it's stupid, like winter has arrived stupid weather yeah. stupid i hate it took it. me an hour and a half to get to work this morning well we can't <laughs> have ordinary rain anymore can we like just you know when we used to get like just rain now yeah, it's torrential rain. rain downpour crazy rain crazy rain all the time crazy rain i do yeah, like for it like five ten minutes and just stops and yeah like you've it's had just, your rain no. there's all the rain for the week yeah just it just please have it with the drains here until i get them fixed it's just nothing yep. but leaky drains Oh, you got problems with your drains, love. Yes, I have. Drippy, <laughs> drippy, drippy, annoying drains. Is there anything more annoying than the drippy, drippy, drippy So, oh, well, there's a lot more annoying actually, but not when you're trying to concentrate on things in a house that's quiet. Or go to sleep and you just hear that Oh, yeah. <sniffs> I don't know if, if only, only it was that it quiet. So oh, it's like I've got oh, bloody oh. bloody rich outside doing a bloody drum solo <laughs> with all the bloody holes in the gutters we've got. Using Karen Carpenter of sticks.
1: <laughs> Shame oh, on I you. Went, I went there. I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just a recurring gag from a few weeks back. But there
0: you go. There du, you du, go. Du, 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 du. She'd have laughed her head off if <laughs> she was alive. Bonk, bonk. <laughs> she would. She would honestly, she would have drum-filled herself to glee. So. <laughs> what, the crap TV show? <laughs> <laughs> she been good in glee.
1: She would have been um yeah uh i'm gonna put it here so just if you are still listening if you wish to support this podcast with this scintillating chat um yes. you can do that uh through financial means if you wish to sign up to our patreon you can go over to patreon.com forward slash zaps to the past there are two tiers there is the give us a quid tier um which is just give us a quid <laughs> you can't butter it up i'm fed about buttering that one up it's just give us a quid it's like it's we appreciate it of course we appreciate it it's it's ace if you do that it just uh, helps it helps go helps keep going if you want everything else then it's four pound 50 or whatever it is if jeremy hunt had his way sort of thing that would be like about 10 pound by now um but he doesn't so it's four pound 50 or your local equivalent and that gets you access to our discord it gets you the episodes early and ad free um it gets you the opportunity to ask us questions for our ask the podcast when we actually get around to doing that which should be soon um we really need to do that by the way and all of the stuff so you know get to interact and stuff and meet little people on our cool discord and all that kind of shizzle and anything else we decide to put out and yeah early episode and it helps us out yep. it keeps us going it pays for server costs and things like that um and that would be greatly appreciated also if you have the opportunity if you can't do that we appreciate that everyone can uh if you want to give us a mention on twitter uh, if, if it's still going when you hear this um <laughs> blue ticks for everyone <laughs> blue ticks for everyone yay uh we haven't got a blue tick i'm not paying that rubbish stupid we're, we're, no, we're, we're the only officials out to the past there's only, no one's going to impersonate us just us um but yeah so you can mention us on twitter if you want to give us a rating a review on itunes and things like that it All helps gets us back into uh view where people can see us and find us and listen to us and things like that so that's all cool if you like us if you can't do any of that and you know someone who likes c64 or even if they don't like the c64 just tell them about us anyway just play us to them. Yeah. You know just tell them just get tell on with them. it <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. you know, so it'd be great if you could become our free advertisers. That would be ace. Yeah, that would be perfect. <laughs> yeah, do that. That'd be brilliant. So uh, if you could do that, we we'll love you forever. We we'll love you Share, forever. Share and share alike. Indeed. And that's it. That's the plug done for this one. So should we get into some games, Mr. Raddings? That
0: sounds like the original plan. Yes.
1: It is. Okay. So let's get into episode 88 games right now. <laughs> And the first one, well, it's another biggie. It's another C64 biggie, I think. This is Samurai Warrior, The Battles of Usagi Yojimbo. This is £8.95. Got a 91% Sizzler rating and so let's see if it still holds up. The time is the 17th century. The place is feudal Japan. It is rife with civil war as the great warlords battle for control of the shogunate, which will give them control over Japan itself. Into this chaos steps Yusege Yajimbo, which uh, literally translates, as far as I'm aware, to Rabbit Bodyguard, a wandering roaning rabbit who must oppose the forces of darkness wherever he finds them. So this was published by Firebird, but it's actually the work of Beam Software, namely Doug Palmer on coding duties, Paul Kid on scripting, story, and design, Russell Compt on visuals, and the ever reliable Neil Brennan on music and sound effects. So, the original story for this owes itself to a series of comic books created by Stan Sakai and first appeared in uh, something I've never heard of, Albedo Anthropomorphics number two, in 1984. I nice used um, to me that. i never heard of it. No, never right. I. Uh, I knew this was a comic. I didn't know where it first started, though, but that's according to what I, my research that told me. Uh, now, by 1986, the success of the character led to his own summer special and his ongoing series starting in July 1987. So to put this in its simplest of terms, this is a left-to-right fighting game in a similar mould to things like Fighting Warrior and Street Hassle, to name but two. And the the, the actual comics themselves, uh, if you can guess from the word anthropomorphics, it's essentially feudal Japan imagined as populated by animals, humanoid animals. So you play a rabbit, there are walking boars. there are all kinds of different animals. All the people, they're not people, they're anthropomorphic animals, and that's what this is. Okay, so this is a left to right fighter, essentially. But Samurai Warrior, you Usagi Jimbo, it does things a little bit different. So when the game starts, after a, ah, a decent atmospheric loading screen, uh, we are greeted with one of the simplest title screens we have yet seen. And I think on reading some interviews around this, it was probably due to uh, probably not having enough memory to do a better one. Um, but I'll come to some of those things later. Uh, we have three options here. F1 flicks between the full game and a practice mode. F3 chooses joystick or keyboard and F7 or pressing fire starts the game or well, the practice mode. If you choose the practice mode, you get a series of posts covered in hay to attack in order to learn the combat in the game. I'll come to how that works in a bit. Having done that, you obviously want to start the game and it's, and it's right from the off that this feels somewhat different to other takes on this genre we have seen. The game starts you on the left of the screen so whereas for the rest of the game, save walking between levels and some combat encounters, you spend it in the middle of the screen. I think that this is a direct nod to the start of Super Mario Brothers, which does exactly the same thing. Starts you on the left before you move into the middle to start the screen scrolling. And there is no threat. There's no threat here. So the game doesn't start off throwing enemies at you. There's just no threat. It's nice and calming. The graphics are nice and bright and bold. The music is gentle and calming screen has a basic UI at the top with your amount of money in Ryu held and your Karma score. And at the bottom are two bars, the one on the left showing your health the one on the right, ominously empty, simply says enemy. Okay, so that's what we've got. In the top left of the screen is a portrait of Usagi himself, so you've got close to his face. The screen will not start scrolling until you are in the middle of it, so you have a little space here to familiarize yourself with the controls again if you didn't bother with the practice mode, uh, because the game does offer quite a complex control system with just a joystick and button, and there's no keyboard usage at all. Basic commands without the fire button is you can walk right and left. Up does a like a basic jump. Diagonal up does a small jump in the direction pressed. If you press the fire button and you press down in any direction, that causes Usagi to bow, um, and that's quite useful, and we'll come to why that is in a, in a bit. Uh, and Fire and pressing in the direction faced causes Usagi to offer some of his money, his Ryu. You only have limited amounts of that, so be careful. Pressing fire and up in any direction causes Usagi to draw his sword and enter combat mode. Here, the portrait changes to show Usagi in a ferocious battle mode so his face in the portrait. It all changes. The music changes to a much faster tempo and control of Yusagi speeds up. Walking is now running and jumping forward or back is now much further. Combat is controlled with just a fire button and is based on how long you hold the fire button for. Holding it constantly down, Usagi will complete a full swing of his sword and end up holding it above his head. Uh, ready for a downward slash once you let go. This is the most powerful, but also the longest move to get to. If you release the fire button in the middle of the swing, you will do a side slash. This doesn't do as much damage as the overhead slash, but it's quicker to get to. Letting go of the fire button immediately, so just tapping it, causes Yusagi to deflect any attacks coming in, but will not do any damage to the enemy you may be facing. This takes a, a little bit of getting used to, but once done, you can pull off moves quickly and with ease when you need them. It's all about learning the time to hold the fire button down, whether you want to, if some enemy's close, close into you you tap 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 to sort of get them back and then do a quick slash to sort of do some damage if they're running towards you you can prepare with a big overhead slash and then slash them as they come in range and it it becomes second nature once you play this for a little bit if you wish to sheath your sword you pull down in the opposite direction to which you are facing and press fire and you saggy will go back to peaceful mode as will the music and the portrait. So that's what happens here. So you've got these two control modes, sort of aggressive and non-aggressive, and you need to be careful where you use them throughout the game as being in aggressive mode can get you into all kinds of trouble. Onwards into the game then. The visuals are noted are bright, lots of solid blocks of colour for the backgrounds. They generally work pretty well, I thought. At the start, you're walking past a field with mountains in the background. It's all very idyllic. It's very nice. Very soon, you encounter the first of the game's various characters, and it's here that the game's systems start to open up. The first character we meet is a peasant tending the road and the option as to what you do here is up to you you can totally ignore them, just walk past, as they have a lower caste, 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 caste than you. Um, And this is how the game works. It has a caste system like ancient Japan would have. So um, there are people who are higher than you, lower than you, same as you, and so it depends on where they are as to what actions you can do or what you should do around them. If you don't do anything, they will bow to you anyway and you can just wander past them. If you, however, choose to bow to them first, they will be honoured and this will increase your karma score. However, you can whip out your sword and chop them down. (laughs) If you really want to, you can attack them kill him and this will lose you karma and this is a bad thing because usagi is a noble ronin and should your karma ever go down to zero you'll stop what you're doing and immediately commit seppuku and it's game over don't let your karma get to zero be nice. That's what this game wants you to do. So you need to keep an eye on your karma score at all times. and Make sure you choose the path of virtue whenever you can. You can also offer money to the peasant. And this will, again, increase your karma score. But you only have limited resources and you need money to buy food later on to get your health back. So, again, you have to balance this out. Peasants are not the only people you'll find along your way. Ninjas will be hiding in or behind trees or generally in the background somewhere. Um, as soon as you get near them, they will instantly attack. And if you do not take them down, they can whittle away your health quickly. They're fast, uh, but they're not that hard. So a good overhead slash usually takes them down, but they're fast and they'll jump around and you've got to sort of time your attack and they can be a bit of a pain. But you know what they're doing. And I like the way that they sort of crappily hid behind trees (laughs) or up in trees and you can sort of see them um, or in the background. I like the way that the game doesn't, it's like they're they're hiding, but the game doesn't go out of its way to just have them suddenly appear. They're there in the environment. I quite like that. Other ronin, just like you, wander about. Some with rabbit heads, others have boar heads. And most of them will just wander on past you. They'll bow to you if you bow to them. most of them will just ignore you and carry on about the way. You can attack them though; it's up to you. It's completely up to you what you want to do in this game. A lot of the time, some of them will attack you though on sight if, they're, if they, if you know, if they've heard about you or they're against you. Some of them uh, will, will often do other stuff, but mostly they'll just wander past. But it it's not always obvious what they're going to do. Monks armed with poles will also be wandering about, and I'm going to give you a tip: it'll serve you well to not get on the wrong side of them. So don't go in fast and deadly because they are brutal (laughs) they will they jump about really fast. It's hard to hit them and they will kill you in no time whatsoever. At times, high-ranking characters will appear and you must bow to them or face the wrath of their guards. So they'll just be wandering down. They won't bow to you though. They might go, thanks or something along those lines. When you do bow to like the monks and stuff, you get a little nice piece of text. You get like a little sort of uh, cookie, fortune cookie, like saying the first and the end, uh, uh, the first and the last, aren't they just the same? And Things like that. So, which is quite nice. I like that. of so that gives it a little bit of a atmosphere and feeling like sort of interacting with the characters. The levels themselves are linear, for fair is so just walk from right you, know, you walk from sort of left to right and the enemies in this are preset so you can learn this game and that's a good thing for me you can get to know how this game is laid out but running along with your sword drawn which is not what you want to do it will earn you the ire of anyone who comes on screen so you need to take this slowly so you want to be just walking if you take your sword out and run, then a, a normal ronin just walking past will be instantly, you know, annoyed and they will just attack you as well. Then the monk guards, and they can be coming in twos and threes at times. So you've got to be careful here. Keep an eye out for ninjas. You ready to fight them, try and keep them off the screen. If someone else, you know someone else, you've got to learn how these sort of enemies and where they appear and what to do at certain times. And that's part and parcel of this game some levels end with a fork in the path and then it's up to you which way you go so you can just there's certain levels not all of them but like even the, the very first level has a fork if you go down straight on down the bottom path fork it leads you into like a forest if you go to the top it leads you into the mountains both of them have different um, enemies on them and different ways through them and rewards and things like that so that's again this is a nice touch some levels offer hidden caves um jumps and things like that little sort of simple jumps to jump over hidden caves to um sort of go into in usually in the hidden caves there's these huge monsters um a weight that they've got to be killed and if you kill them, like there's one in the very in the mountains. If you go there, and then there's a uh, like a shrine or something, and you need to offer money at that shrine. Because if not, they curse you and you lose karma and things like that. So you've got to be careful. You've got to have money um, if you want to go in there. There's a lot of choice in this game. This is one of the things I really like. As long as you keep your karma up, it's kind of up to you how you approach it. You can go in all guns blazing and fight people because you might want, you know, killing people gives you money. They'll sometimes they'll drop cash, so you can buy you can, you can use the cash to get health and stuff back, so you can get money from the Ronin, or you can walk the path of the righteous it's up to you and i think that element of this game makes this another game we have seen that is like the train i think this is really forward thinking this is a this is a game that doesn't feel like much else on the commodore 64 that we have played to this point now you can see probably its ancestry sort of thing in what they try to do in fist 2 Okay, but this this actually nails it and gets it down a lot better. This does it a hell of a lot better. For one, there's no bugs that I could come across. It's not hard and 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 I think there's a lot to this game. If you it's not too hard if you look at recently if you see games like uh, Ghost of Tsushima and if you go back a f- bit further things like Bushido Blade, I borrow this kind of karma idea and indeed we've seen many games like Mass Effect use Renegade and Paragon options and things like that to highlight what kind of character you are. This notion of do bad deeds get punished, do good deeds get Prior to you know, get um get celebrated, then that's that's we see that in so many games these days. But that is the kind of the one of the make or break systems within this game. It's not quite as thingy and getting down to zero, committing suku. I would quite have liked you know, Fable is another one where you can do bad deeds and things like that. And that's th- this game is doing that really to some degree by you know, your karma goes up if you do good stuff and you want to keep your karma high, but yeah, you can do bad stuff, you can balance it out. It's not perfect, but you can see the initial system of that here in this game, I think. So the gameplay in this is it's fairly simple and it's and it also it's not a game that's too hard to make your way through it doesn't punish you you can learn it it's fairly simple to get to get through and make your way through the different levels the combat can be quite tricky but you've got to get your timing right and so and and be nice fight choose the fights where you need to fight and i haven't even mentioned what the story is yet because the story in this game which is another thing i like about this it kind of only starts about like about four or five levels in, you get a glimpse of the panda, which is Lord Nori Noriyuki, and being kidnapped by one of the evil lord Hikiji's henchmen. And that's what you've got to go. So you've now you've got a quest and you pick it up halfway through. And that's from my understanding, that is one of the uh, tenets they took from the comics, because the comics will usually just start with, you know, he's a, a wandering ronin. So he's just wandering about the land and happens upon adventure and happens upon stuff going on and then partakes in that. So that's my understanding of the comics. So this game actually takes from that and says, right, well, let's just start you as a wandering ronin. We're not even going to put you in the game, in the story. That doesn't start until midway through. So it follows that and it sort of wraps that into the game. So it allows you this space and time just to be, just to be a wandering Ronin. And you're barely told what the story is, you know, it's just there, it just kind of happens. And it's, um, it's, you know, that kind of wandering Ronin similar to like the Shogun assassin films, I guess, or whatever they were called, baby cat, whatever. I can never remember the right names for those kind of those films, but those kind of um, films about, these Japanese films, it takes these sort of nods from them, and then what I think this game does, it creates a it creates a game that's got a mood, it has an atmosphere, and there's a tone that we have, don't think i've really seen in Commodore sixty four games up to this point. There's a few, you know, this is doing something different. It's it's it feels relaxed, like it's confident in its own skin. It doesn't feel the need to bother you constantly with hundred enemies. It's just like, here you go, we've planned our enemies, we've planned our routes. You go enjoy this adventure because we've played loads of left to right fighters and so this the options open to the player play it, to play it in a way that suits them um, makes it a really as I said a forward thinking game I loved this back then it's the only game I ever mapped I drew it I got two sheets of A3 and I mapped the entire thing I fought my way through it no cheat made my way through I loved this going back to it now It still feels like very little else we've played through the course of this podcast. Yeah, as I said, there are echoes of Fist 2, things like that. But I like the clever combat system. It's simple, but it works. I like the interaction with characters. The barely there story, which sort of reminded me of the Souls games in the way that the story is there if you want it, but it's not. And center at all, the branching path, the little details in the visuals, like the fly flying past, the little creatures that you can hack the head off if you want to. The way you get your health back in the village by you go to a cafe, there's a guy there you can gamble with if you choose to. You can, and then when you eat, you ask for food, and he sits down, he gets his meal come on. They don't just go, Yeah, here's your health. The the, the woman goes off and she brings the meal back, and he sits down, and he has a little chow down. It's, it's ace. The various characters wandering about, sometimes they has for tolls, sometimes some characters will just say, Oh, I want to duel with you. First hit wins, and it's just okay, let's do it. It's like that. It feels like a 2D version of those open worlds we'd go on to play now. Like I said, Ghost of Tsushima, all those kind of things. This feels like one of those. It's like a designed game. This feels like a designed game. I think this is a very special game, in my opinion. It nails that left to right combat style game that we've seen Fighting Warrior, your Amazon Wearings, your Fist 2s, all those things. Things so many others have had a go at and they've failed at. I think this is a proper classic. 91% not even close (laughs) not even close to what this gets in my eyes I always and the thing with this game is that it always slips my mind when I put my lists together but coming back to it now yeah this is ace I love it. I love everything about Usagi There's It's just a solid, solid game, and it's interesting. There's a really good um, uh, interview uh, with the makers on Retro Gamer. That's on the website, and how much they had to cut to get it into the C64. And one of the interesting things about it was that the code base for it was all just came from libraries that they'd already built. So things, I think, things like Fist Two and things like that, where they just had these code code libraries that they could just plug in so the code and stuff like that, which which they said allowed them the time and space to think about the design and the story and how it would all tie together. Um, and the amount they had to cut out they said was loads so that's why it is what it is but there are stuff in there that they really want to put in that they just couldn't fit in and it does feel in that way like that's the reason why this game feels like it's not fighting against the time scale or, or you know you could hear the developers saying we had the time and space to make it so often we've seen games where it's clear that they've not had the time and space to do what they wanted and when they're allowed to do that and you get good programmers and you get a nice design and somebody works on how this game should feel you get games like this we said it about sensible software stuff whizball and things like that when you allow them the space and time, you get these classics. And for
0: me, this is still a classic. What about you? It's a charming old thing, isn't it? <laughs> um, it is, always was. Always had that kind of meandering charm. Um, always kind of a playable thing. It was always kind of the the better version of Fist 2. It was kind of revered that way. I remember getting it way back in the day, Um cracked version i remember getting it via some nefarious means and arriving through the post like these things did when you were getting them through the post and it is that kind of kindler kinder 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 gentler take on a kind of walk and seek isn't it varied backgrounds i suppose really well realized sprites i quite like the design of the sprites very in keeping to the (laughs) the cartoon comic um and that's all good easy to use controls i mean the controls and and everything else that's that's clever the way they've done that because it it doesn't take long to get used to them it's not Massive amounts of moves and complexity. You know they keep it simple, and that's that ca- kind of works for it to its advantage. Um, and the the whole bushido and the rules about being a. You know, a good samurai, and and you know, and, and the, making sure that your karma doesn't hit zero, and all of that—that's all you know. Great stuff. It make, it takes a, a simple idea, and it fit, it's in keeping with the mechanics of this game, which because they haven't got the memory to rely on filling it full of stuff, it keeps it empty enough to be able to get away with it, so that mm-hmm. it keeps it peaceful because that's the nature of the game. So it's a it's a game about keeping peace, keeping the peace, being peaceful, which is what yeah. samurais actually did. They were peacekeepers, contrary to what you might think in the portrayal of samurais, going around hacking and slashing people with samurai swords. That's not actually what they were <laughs> at all. Quite the opposite. <laughs> yeah. They were very, very courteous, very, just very, like you say, very much about their caste and about and about honour. And so they didn't do dishonourable things like go around murdering and killing people. Anyone that did that wouldn't be, they'd be cast out for being a samurai and you'd end up being, a, wouldn't be a samurai. And of course, a, uh, Ronins are still samurais, aren't they? They're just they're without without lords. They're just yeah, with, unemployed yeah. samurais, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so all good. I like the Bushido thing, it's all very nice. Music's pleasant, really easy on the ear. It's really strange how something so repetitive can be actually so pleasant. Yep. Um, but as soon as it starts with that, you know, that you get that famous oh, pang, pang, pang. It's a suitably <laughs> oriental music, but it's not offensive in any way. Nice. I think the fact that the characters bow and curtsy to you and all the rest of it is really cool. The ninjas that hide, all good. Um, there's all sorts of good stuff going on. There's, there's, there's lots of like here in many, many different ways. Um, but there are also things that lack um, and there's no getting away from it because I, I remember feeling the same way about it back then as I felt when I replayed it for this. It gets repetitive and a bit quickly quick, too quick. Um, because the nature of this game is that it is a kind of a slow walk through through some various places. Now, it doesn't mean that it isn't interesting because of its choices. It just feels like it can get monotonous. And it can just feel like an endless plod along the pathways with very, variously obvious encounters. Because once you've encountered the various different items, they don't vary that much from what they are. They might appear in different places in different ways, but it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Ninjas attack, they do this, something else does that ninjas attack you do this and it can get a little bit monotonous now it is broken up by some elements of the game itself and like you say the actual game doesn't really start for quite a while but that is the kind of the mainstay of the, the game now okay let's put that to one side i think the backgrounds of i think they just about get away with the variety they, they do repeat in that kind of scooby-doo way um, but not they're not terrible for it a bit like the music they kind of get away with it because it's just kind of background japan <laughs> yeah a description yeah. so it's just like it's like a field with some trees in it is a field with some trees in it so it doesn't really matter and the the way they've sort of dual focused it so you've obviously the main area of the gameplay is actually on the path at the front where you've got your saggy your jimbo and the characters running about and then you've got kind of the background details have kind of become neither here nor there really and that's quite clever clever the way they've done that um so it doesn't it distracts you enough to keep you away from the background because if you didn't otherwise you'd notice that you've gone past the same bridge about 50 times as <laughs> you sort of walk yeah. along and I like the villages and I like the old, the the other parts of the game are clever. You're right, actually. I think there are definite inferences. I thought, I I thought the same as you. I thought, um, I wouldn't so much say uh, Ghost of Tsushima, although that's, because it's about samurais, you could maybe get it. I thought mini ninjas owed a little bit to this um, in some ways in that kind of cutesy characters doing ninjary things with animals because that's full of animals and things like that. And there's definitely, no, mini ninjas has got, I think, even though it's 3D, it's heavily borrowed from this. That's got karma and things like that in it as well. And obviously, but I think um, there's a couple of games where you sort of I think there's no doubt they've borrowed some ideas from this. Obviously, the idea of going evil or not being or going good, because obviously you can't become evil in this because you kill yourself rather than do that, which is kind of the whole point of his character, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I get where you're going with the fable idea, definitely. There's, I think the, had more of those villagers talked to you and had and stopped to have conversa- mini conversations with you as opposed to just walking past and yeah. saying, you know, have a nice day or whatever. I think if that had happened, you'd, there'd be a, you could draw a direct line from this to fable mm-hmm. um, because that, I mean, the, it, it isn't much of an extension, is it really, to think about that? And even that's where the sword fights work in this. With clusters of sword fights, I, I think somebody has definitely played this without a doubt, and then has probably and it's clever, clearly influenced Fable or Fable Two and all the other Fable variants. And other the games like it. But I think I noticed it most, and you played a lot more of those kind of games than me. But my experience of the fa- Fable, I think it was Fable Two that I played all the way through. I can't remember which one it was. It wasn't mm-hmm. the. It was on the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. Um, that's where when you said fable i thought actually yeah that's the one that clearly there's a there's a definite influence from this there's no doubt about it because it is that future facing idea and that is an amazing thing i think what this really suffers from for me a little bit is it's just the space between it just suffers for a little bit from two things actually a, a lack of things to do other than just fight and walk. Because mm. yeah, obviously you can go around giving money out, but you can't do it forever. And there are villages, but it just lacks a little bit. But that's kind of, I, I sort of get that that's the point of the game because the game isn't running around killing people because that isn't the game. The game is to, you know, achieve, you know, the end end goal by trying to do it the most people the way you can. I get that. It mm-hmm. just feels like this large spaces of nothing. Um, but I also think that had this been the opposite way around, if it was large spaces of something... Would be in underworld? Was it territory or some of those early edge games where it's just or or karateka? springs to mind. Yeah, exactly. Fighting. Yeah, and I think that the balance was wrong there, isn't it? And I think they've got the balance right, but I'm not one with having a lot of patience for wandering around in games. So that's kind of that's more of a me thing, really. I like the notion of remaining true to the path, as I say. I think there's elements of this that set that apart, but it does have distinctly dull moments of wandering and plodding around. And even though that's the kind of peaceful nature of things, I I suppose it does make getting attacked by ninjas exciting for the first couple of times it happens. Um, you sort of, even though you're kind of walking around, you never really feel like you're getting anywhere in this game. It doesn't give you enough away to make you feel like you're progressing. Fist two had the exact same problem. Unless you happen to collect two or three of those trigram things, mm-hmm. um, it could feel like you're just wandering around purposely or un- without a purpose for ages. Um, now I know that there's a direction of a d- there is a direction to this, but at the same time, it does feel like sometimes. I mean, I was wandering around for ages before I ended up getting attacked by a giant like dragon thing in the woods which by the way dispatched me in a matter of two hits and then it's game <laughs> over. Um and I think that's one of my other big bugbears in this is that it's quick to it's easy to die in this like it wasn't this stupid die- death's in this in like there was in fist 2. If you fall down a chasm, obviously it will kill you, but um it's a bit if you die, I mean that's it you are back to the beginning again. You know, there's no lives yeah. or anything like that. And, and that, I, yeah not that you, true. You, And you don't get lives. I get the idea cuz it's you're there isn't a way of there would never be a way of being able to shoehorn lives into a game like this cuz it doesn't work like that. But It just kind of makes it, if you really got quite far and then you just happen to not quite get the fight quite right and you're back to the beginning again, it would, it's just, no. I think it would be, I think eventually I would tire of that. So it's, it's likable. I'll give it that. It's presented in a really clever way. And there's no doubt about that. And very influential. I think, I think you're right about that. And it's not something I'd wholly thought of before, but I completely get where you're going with that. And I would agree. Um, and if you, if you like this kind of paste of things, and it does suit some people and not others, then you, and you'd be an oriental heaven for this. And that is not the name of a massage parlor, by the way, that is a genuine uh, comment. <laughs> But I couldn't shake the feeling that while nice, it wouldn't have—it just wouldn't have me playing it repeatedly. I w- I'd go for a few goes, which is kind of what I did. And I'm like, I'm just sick of starting again. I got sick of starting at the mm. beginning, going through the same thing again, same enemies again. Yeah, you can get better at them. Yeah, you can remember it. But do you want to, without any kind of real progress, without any kind of, you've got this far, without any kind of... And I tell you what, I think it's missing most of all, Aid, this. Mm. I think if it had had a little bit of discussion from characters and the occasional still screen or small screen where it just progressed something so you felt you know you've got this far like 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 you like, imagine if it was 3 cells from the comic just mm-hmm. appeared as you got so far into the game and then so you got a little bit of you know just like that maybe call it a cutscene if you like but not as maybe as elaborate as that might have required more than you know the disc loading or whatever it is on this but just some of that stuff it needed I get that mm-hmm. they may not have had enough memory for that or whatever but those are the things for me which would have turned this from being what is a genuinely an interesting game that just feels a bit bit ploddy to something that really kept you engaged in something that just kept you kept you in the story a little bit more and I just didn't, and I'm crying out for that with this and other than that I think if you want a nice peaceful walk around with a few interruptions this is the game for you Uh, (laughs) I don't don't dislike the Isakia Jinbao I think the score I think I would say it's probably about right because I think it is missing those things but that's just me. Um, but there's no denying it's a clever game. There's no, no, I no think, denying that. I think my
1: recent other game playing has fed into sort of a, a more appreciative version of this because I know it's it has echoes, like you said, of the, the Fable game, but in its structure, it's quite Dark Souls like because Dark Souls world is a, a, a series of walking towards some enemies that are always in the same place, that are always there. You will die. And obviously it has the bonfire, so it has a bigger world and things like that. But the world itself is fixed, so there are always the same enemies in the same places. When you go to those places and you Fight them, and if you go to the they reappear. They're always there. They're always the same. And it has that, and lots of and some quite a chunk of Dark Souls sometimes is just walking towards the next fight. Yeah, yeah. No, I'd say it
0: suits some people that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and not I all. think
1: that's that's why when I played this, I was like, Do you know what? This really, in structure wise, really reminds me of that. But I think it just it was a it was a boon to get away from things like uh, what did we play last week, which we is constantly uh, uh, that. Jester one, Black Lamp, those kind of games oh, where, you just, yeah, where you're where you just constantly bothered. Looks nice, but constantly bothered. And I think that's and I, I get it. I and I I know your I know your penchant for action and things like that, and, and I get it. So and I and I'm not saying one's better than the other. It's just, yeah, this this to me I think just tied into some things I've been playing recently. I went, like, you know what, this feels like an eight bit version of them.
0: Yeah, I mean there's even hints of Assassin's Creed and things like that, really. That kind of you know yeah. you could almost say that leans in it, but it still has a hook there's still a hook that keeps you involved in the main central premise and this just yeah. doesn't have it doesn't And uh, have it. yeah i mean just looking at the interview
1: again one of the things he wanted was that they said they wanted to just keep that wandering ronin style of gameplay and they were you know that's what they wanted to do they so they 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 went for that and the other thing i think what it tries to do and almost does it but it obviously can't because it's you know it's an 8-bit game it wants to do that 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 sort of game style where it's peaceful but the combat is brutally fast because the combat in this is really fast it's it happens yeah, no, it's, I, th- d- I think, d- that, it's I, think they,
0: I think that works in and this i think
1: stuff. and i think yeah they get it they try and i think that's what they're trying to do here as well which you don't see very often i mean fist 2 attempted it but had problems and like you said i mean fist 2 could wander around i thought fist 2 was too wandering wandering yeah, th- yeah, this that's, is a yeah, move exactly. left to right and go but yeah i can see why th- it, I, I agree with you that it has Those moments of calm and just wandering, your liking for this will just be how much tolerance you have for those I think it never hurts,
0: now and again in a game like this, to remind people of the compelling reason why you are doing what you're doing.
1: Yes, I get that. But that's why I'm saying, having just come from all the Bloody Souls games, they never tell you the story at all. You get to the end of the game and go, what have I just done? (laughs) <laughs> and you're like, I don't so you have to go off and try and find out what you've
0: done by looking at things and reading stuff and reading around. And- As we all know, that those Souls games are very divisive. You know, people do yes. obviously. There's loads of people that love them, but there's a lot of people that, that think the same thing. That, that I think don't. they just yeah. suit one kind of play to another, but. Just for me, you'd need to put a bit more cutscene in it. <laughs> nah. That's, That's
1: fair enough. I mean I get completely understand that and I get it. Um, I fell out like with the last God of War game because of that. And I love God of War games, so Yeah. You can sometimes just feel like what am I doing? And with yeah. yeah. It depends it depends on depends on the ambience created, I think, where the world the way the world works and things like that. But there you go, you saggy Jimbo. It's coming. I, I still love it, but yeah, it's, it's what it is. There we go. That's the first one. That was a long review. <laughs> That's a long, long review. Let's move on well, quickly. Don't worry,
0: because the next one ain't going to take that <laughs> bloody long. That's true. Let's move on. Oh, Jesus Christ, Graham! You got you got gun smoke. I do apologize. You don't need to apologize. It's fine. You know, we take the rough of the smooth, don't we? We do. This we is very rough. We, yeah. This is very, very rough. Um, so this is from Go. <laughs> I just wish it had gone. Never mind, Go. Copyright <laughs> Capcom originally, and the producer was Linden and Associates. You can't make yourself sound posher by making it sound like you're a lawyer firm. Troy Linden, who made this game. Um, so it was produced and actually developed by Troy A. Linden, who was the guy that designed and coded Howard the Duck. Okay. Yeah. I won't hold that against him. I Not would. Well, there's no... Nah, well. <laughs> Just hit him. Yeah, we all make With mistakes. the space looks um, like a bill. So this is based on an arcade, isn't it? A 1985 vertical scrolling run-and-gun shooter game from Capcom, which was designed by Yukishi Okamoto. So this was kind of a Western-themed commando. The it's, it's the easiest way. In fact, it is Western commando, isn't it? Western-themed it is, commando, yeah. essentially. There's a few extra bits. The arcade had... Multiple gun buttons, didn't it? Shoot buttons. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird to play. So I, I, think, tried it, you think, I tried it on MAME.
1: I think this is there. shoot left, sort of shoot upper shoot left, shoot upper right, left. and, yeah.
0: and foot, yeah, yeah so it had three shoot but okay you know and that was that's ten- kind of what they did in some of these quirky old games like this because obviously this is basically if you took his commando in cowboy outfits really yeah in uh in spurt with spurs on with spurs and stuff like that and the arcade i had a look at the arcade um all good you play a character named billy bob i'm guessing that's the same character in the c64 version who knows really and who really cares actually <laughs> um is a bounty hunter apparently after criminals in the Wild West, that element is kind of kept. So it's the C sixty four version, then. Um, so I don't have to go overly descriptive with the story or everything else because there isn't really one. Generally speaking, you are you nope. just you've got to try and work your way up. Uh, it's, it's the same as the arcade, so it's a kind of that crap. Except the C sixty four is a crappy commando. <laughs> type deal. And you've got a sling your way up five levels, each one full of enemies, including well the cowboys, outlaws, Native Americans, or their horrible stereotype equivalent. Well less said about that the better. Horses or cows. I couldn't tell which they were because these just animals just come at you. Um, <laughs> which is odd. You know, these are very valuable to the people of the <laughs> of the um, you know of the plains. You didn't just send in the cows or send in the horses, you know, arbitrarily. Billy Bob's coming, send in the cows. <laughs> so just like a cowboy, bring a cow to a gunfight. <laughs> Um, anyway so they do do that but so the idea is you have got to reach the end of of this um and it's played out as kind of commando so you're you're scrolling from the bottom upwards you control the character shooting upwards to the top left of the top right and you've got to make your way to the end when you reach the end you've got to shoot out you have a shootout of one of the five bosses for the bounty that is on the head you do get some kind of information about the bounty because this is a multi-load i'll come back to the horror of that (sighs) <sighs> um, but it's, so each one of these has a kind of a reward, you know, and so that and that's how it plays out. So it's onwards then. The levels are town, railroad, canyon, rapids, and meadow. In the rapids, you're atop some kind of raft, apparently. Did you go that far? I never got that far. Not no. necessarily because it was difficult, because it is difficult, but not because of that, but because it's horrible and I didn't want to get any further. <laughs> There's some upgrades you can pick up as well as obviously with this kind of game. It actually really plays out a bit like a, a top-down shooter, this. It's like it's more or less a top-down shoot-em-up because your character shoots from the bottom upwards and the, alien, and the aliens, the enemies come from the top down. It's kind of a shoot-em-up. So it's not, if he flew as opposed to walked such as it then it would be so the thing is you can pick up extra bullets although I thought that looked like a giant large white dildo unpleasant that careful (laughs) what you do with that Um, you can pick up a pair of boots that speed you apparently they didn't know really Um, a horseshoe that's meant to give give you a horse to ride on um, which gives you extra strength so you don't die on a single hit from the enemy bullets but it actually looks like you just grow a giant white pair of legs because um, at that point it's just if you imagine the view of this game by the way is you see the cowboy from like Commander you see it from behind the player so behind yeah. and above so you're seeing a cowboy from behind and above on a horse but it doesn't you can't it doesn't animate the horse going in like left or right or diagonally it's just from behind so it looks weird it just looks like a, a man on a horse with white legs from the back, back like that makes it look like it's just a, a cowboy with horse legs it's really weird <laughs> and really strange so I don't think it was meant to look like that but it that's what it came out anyway you don't die in a single hit when you're on the giant when you grow horse legs um it's just weird there's also an extra life somewhere not that you'll want it because it just prolongs the pain and there might be some others i didn't encounter any others that's just the ones i got so they're kind of strewn around a bit like the enemies in this game like i said it's played from the top down in a vertical shoot up kind of way and i think really it's a crappy shoot 'em up at heart this it's not a good version of the arcade the arcade has a lot more going for it in terms of one it's speedy it's faster two it's better so it's just like the I needs command think a commando variant this not so much. So this C64 version, then it, it's a blocky mess. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. The graphics are not good. <laughs> that's me being kind. <laughs> You've got a slow-moving main sprite that's really fat as well. Not that that's a bad thing. I'm not fat-shaming anyone, but the sprite is just bad. It's just a splat of a sprite. It's a, <laughs> This cowboy's got a lot of girth and not in the way you might think. Um, so it's kind of badly realised and badly animated. And I don't think there's much of an excuse for the kind of way this animates. You know, this is the equivalent of, you know, bod. is like, Left leg goes up, right leg goes up, like you know, and it's just not good that you control this monstrosity with the joystick. And this is just this overwhelmed me how stupid this is. So, to get around the idea that you had three buttons, directional buttons, if you move upwards, you don't shoot unless you press the fire button. But if you move top left or top right, the shot automatically shoots. <laughs> it's, it's so stupid, it, it defies belief. It's so stupid. What's the point? What's the point in doing it like that? Yeah. To give you the, the the advantage of shooting upwards? Yep. You may as well just do it all the same if you're going to do that. Um, and I don't get it. Why not just if you move to action? Why, I don't get it. Why auto shoot? No. Why? <laughs> if you're moving that direction with the joystick and you press the button, why does he not just shoot that way anyway? Yeah. To ask these questions is folly, really, isn't it? Because that would imply that care and attention and thought had been put into this, and none of those things apply here. I can assure you of that. So, so you have to shoot the enemies that are coming at you who will die when you shoot them. There's loads of different ones. They're really weird, though. Um, and <laughs> there's, there's just such an odd collection of things that come at you in this game. I'm pretty sure I was attacked by a chef at one point. Like a, <laughs> a chef with a giant cleaver, I think it was. I'm not sure. Or a butcher, was it? Maybe I don't know what it was. But they just kind of float around or cling to the middle. They're the, they honestly, these, these are these are the worst enemies. They just line up. They just line up to be shot. There's no forethought or anything like that. There's no tactics in this. It's not like in the Rambo games or the Commando games where the enemies kind of do kind of flank you. And I know it's not really real. Like they don't really try and flank you, but they do at least have a pattern which sort of feels other than just run at you aimlessly from everywhere. They even appear on top of buildings and then just shoot at the angles. And once they get past you, if they go behind you, they're just behind you. The cat shoot upwards, the cat turn around. Yeah. Just, just, I guess they just keep on going. So they're just, are they waiting for the next cowboy? who happens along? I don't know. (laughs) Angularly challenged. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're rubbish and they're really bad shots as well. Terrible shots. The chances of you being hit are more often because you run into a bullet rather than the bullet run into you, which is not where you really think about these games, is it? That's hand in hand with the slowness because the game is slow. So avoiding things feels weird. The bullet speed is wrong because it's not, I can't explain it, but to play it, you'd know that things shouldn't run at this speed in any way. It's kind of too slow (laughs) to be playable. But just anyway, it's just not very good. That. So like I said, the enemies handily line up so you can shoot them easily, but shooting at angles often leaves the collision detection so blatantly confused it's beyond belief. It also happens all over the place. So especially when you were menaced by, menaced by the horses or cows or whatever they were where they just come running at you I didn't feel totally comfortable with a one shot kill to a cow it felt mean um, <laughs> but if they hit you it's R.A.P. and you get this little grave and it's back to, back you go you don't always go back to the start there are progressive start points but to be fair it doesn't really make a difference uh, there's no logic to the enemy patterns here they just meander across and past and just get in the way and once you avoid them like I say they go past you and they're just, I guess they're just waiting for the next person you know its it feels like a crappy theme right? Um, so you trundle upwards shooting at all conditions of western characters some of them obvious some of them less so um none of them are well realized the backgrounds are a sad blend of brown speckled ground with buildings um which they will no doubt change color for later levels or mix and match i didn't actually want to find out the arcade is a lot better than this and clearly a rebadged commando this one is not um there's so much to dislike in this game apart from the problematic depiction of native americans and the shit idealized version of the wild west the game is so badly engineered it's unbelievable at this price There's no love or passion here, just a diabolical version of a slightly above average commando variant. Graphics are bad, the sound is utterly terrible, a discordant audio assault that is the equivalent of pushing pencils directly into your brain through your ears. <laughs> awful. I love our various descriptions of awful sound. I think <laughs> so I've got one bad. coming up later on. <laughs> the gameplay plays slowly and there's bugs everywhere. It's so shoddy and badly made. It's full prices. This is a travesty in my book. There's no redeeming notions here. It's all bad. To add insult to injury, it's also a bloody, lengthy and painful multi-loader. This yeah, sits alongside why? Jailbreak. I don't know. As the one of the worst arcade conversions I think I've ever come across on the C64. Made all the more unbelievable when you consider Vikings, Rambo, Commando, Who Dares Wins 2, Hell even LA SWAT exist. And they did the same thing, if not better, than this. Nope. What about you? <laughs> ah, this is really bad. <laughs> so much loading for so little reward. <laughs> so, I don't want to load. so much loading. I don't know if is there a, is there a US version of this, by the way? I suspect it there is, but I don't uh, know if it's any better. Well I think, yeah, I think Linden Associates are a
1: US company, I ah, think, right, probably. Right. So that's probably why they've just made it for this. But yeah, it's like a reverse Churchill quote in it. So much Loading for so little reward. <laughs> never, never, <laughs> never has there been so much loading for so little reward. Blocky graphics, a mode that plays in complete silence. <laughs> I thought I'd broken it at first. I was like, "Why isn't there no, <laughs> there's no sound?" Silent mode. <laughs> more loading, wayward controls, bugs, ugly sprites, terrible backdrops. More loading. This might be the worst arcade conversion we have seen. This is the definition of a ripoff. Nine ninety nine. <sighs> And this is not even our case state of the the art. This is from 1985. I know. It's really hard to know what to say about this, about how bad it is. I mean, when you turn the music off, why does it turn the sound effects off? So it's just (laughs) silence. You just play the game in silence. Sound
0: or no sound. (laughs) You
1: choose. Yeah. That's just bad. But then the sound is awful too. Terrible reedy music and crap effects. The collision detection is terrible. The enemies are idiots and can walk from the floor to the roofs for some reason. My God, how do you get a basic commando game so, so bad? The team behind this, as I said, also did Howard the Duck and somehow they've made something worse. You know, they've, they've gone, they've
0: regressed. No, and that was slow, wasn't it, as well? As I remember yeah, in the it. middle they made uh, sidearms. I don't uh, know. That, that wasn't great though, was it? That had its issues. It wasn't
1: great, but it wasn't this. Um, no. How did these people get work? And how did anyone say this was okay to release? That, that that worst game of the year award is getting more crowded every week. Isn't it just... It's going to be a real doozy to try and work that one
0: out. God damn...
1: No. We're going to have to think about some of these horrors later on, but yeah, this was awful. I'd never played this. I went and played the main version. Um, and yeah, it's a weird, it's like a weird precursor to um, Ikari Warriors in that you can shoot in a direction and walk in a different direction. So you can sort of walk around and be pushing sort of to fire top right, but walking around in sort of, so it's kind of that trying to do sort of twin, a 20, 20 stick controls type thing. But, oh, God, no. This was awful. This C64 version was just dire. But bo- as soon as it loaded, well, finally, once it loaded, and that white sprite greeted my eyes, I was like, oh, my God, what is this? What is this? And I was not wrong. Gun smoke. <laughs> no. Should have gone up in smoke, this one. Yep. Yeah, awful. Bad. Anyway, come on. We've got two more to do yet. Let's move on. Go. As if gun smoke. And I Pick these randomly as if Gunsmoke wasn't weird enough. We've got another commando type game. Uh, this is Jeez. UCM, not Underpanted Computer Men, as I hoped. But this which is, would have been better. It, were, it would have been probably. Uh, I can't. What does this stand for? I can't remember. I have written it somewhere. I'll kind of get to it. Is it Ultimate Combat Mission? combat mission that's the one yeah this is this is only two quid though so it's not full price this is a budget one it's from mastertronic the game features the esque this so you see yeah, the game features the escapades of warmonger and mandroid this is the second time the word mandroid has been heard recently and i do not like it no no <laughs> no. no mandroid according to the box it is the 22nd century and criminals have all the advantages of modern technology unlike now <laughs> or back not in then. this game what those advances are and what technology is, is neither here nor there. Okay. The important thing is that they have it. So in order to confine them, the authorities confine them deep in space. But when they place two of the most dangerous men in history in adjacent cells, well, they're just asking for trouble. You can play playing as either warmonger or mandroid. You must battle to escape the most secure jail ever devised. That's according to the box anyway. This is according to the box as well, this made me laugh. This game features full player interaction. What's that mean? It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> two very different villains, <laughs> three-dimensional graphics, superb animation and superb sound. They're different. They're just two, player one and player two, they play exactly the same. Anyway, this was created by Richard Applin, the musician was Steve Barrett. It was published by Mad for £2. Uh, when the game loads, it looks like a demo from the time. It does look like a demo. It's got some okay music blasting out. It's all upbeat and poppy, and two two scrolly messages take up the screen. One across the middle telling you how to start the show, and the other in a big circle that says welcome to the game before doing a load of hellos, demo style. Like mm. this is weird. <laughs> this doesn't feel like a game. You can play this in either one or two-player mode, and pressing either F1 or F3 starts in either one or two-player mode. There's something odd about two-player, but I'll come to that later. Uh, once you're in the game, uh, your brain will probably refuse to accept what you're suddenly looking at. That's what I did. I was like, yeah. I thought, I thought I'd had a brain wrong. Over a starfield, the main sprite from Commando floats upwards, whilst the knockoff level from Warhawk floats down to greet you. As more happy up-tempo music kicks in, I was like, none of these go. None of these three components fit together in any way, shape, or form. Once you land on the bass relief, chunky bass relief. Spaceship level thing, all hell breaks loose as loads, and I mean loads, of commando sprites spew onto the level in all directions, and your job is just to move upwards and survive. I mean, that's it. That is it. That's it. The controls are simple enough. Eight directions moving and shooting in uh, the, you know, so it's, it's 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 literally commando. This is commando in space. The C64 version of commando in space. Um, so you run around, you shoot in the direction you're facing. But it does have one weird... It has a jump, which is weird. Holding the fire button down will make the character jump, which is actually needed to cover some of the gaps that appear later in the level. Everything at this stage is just manic. There's no planning to this. There's just an explosion of enemies running everywhere. Every now and then one will take aim and kill you. They always do. As soon as one kneels down, you're dead you got five lives. The whole point is just to make it as far as possible. Every now and then, an enemy will appear with a rocket launcher. If you kill them, you can pick it up, and that shoots bombs that explode and takes out more enemies. And that's it. It's just chaos in a can. I don't know how else to describe this. There's no subtlety or design here. It's simply a multiplex of vomiting commando sprites onto the screen as you make your way upwards and try and survive as long as you can. The UI at the bottom is exactly what you expect. Score lives and present weapon strength on it. Weapons? I didn't understand what that was. It might be a rocket launcher. That's about it. It's a terrible game awful collision detection you can just run through enemies like you can just leg it you, you don't really need to actually bother shooting anything just run run upwards try and jump over the gaps they're so stupid that they spew on into the into the endless void they're just dying as they run off the gaps into space so you'll die if you run off it's just stupid if you play two, this is, if you play two player mode in this but with only one controller you control both characters at once so they both appear and sort of you know with a gap between them and they just do it just it doesn't work it's like what is this but they each have five lives and trying to control it's like what is going on i've no idea what the design ethos was behind this but it just feels like a load of demo logic shooed on into a game and thrown out by mastertronic what little enjoyment there is to be had here soon pales into a listless ennui as you realize there's nothing more to this as you progress upwards into oblivion ucm unpleasant coding materialization or something crap this was awful just awful it's just it's just someone's nick warhawk or the visual some and Warhawk. Some someone's nick commando and slammed them together and I I, I I can't believe this was like anyone went yeah release that oh, that's good and and the, the cover if you if you've looked at the cover the cover has the enemies and they've got literally steel underpants on but you yeah, there you go this was awful what did you think
0: crap this is crap <laughs> yeah. we've got a sprite multiplexer and we're going to use it damn it there's lots of demo. There's bits of demo code here. I have a feeling this is stolen code here, stolen code routines, mm-hmm. because this this is this feels like some routines that got bolted together. Um, without a doubt, I mean that sprite multiplexer at the start, which is the letters going around in a big circle straight out of a demo of that i don't doubt there was a demo they've nicked that code from the sprites they've stolen the background definitely stolen and horrible and crap anyway so they've not even stolen a good background and they've just ma- managed to somehow get that those three things to work um like you said wave after wave after wave of stupid red soldiers that just are stupid honest on an endlessly scrolling upward quest for f- all <laughs> what's the point <laughs> two quid it's bad value even at that The yep. it was all right i guess everything else like design thought and anything else that would constitute this as a game this is a collection of admittedly clever sprite routines and other people's code i don't doubt but there is nothing else here at all it is naff so no 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 let's say no more about ucm ultimate crappy monstrosity <laughs> yeah that's the one that's what i was looking for and that's it
1: <laughs> untimely cock manipulation <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wouldn't have gone down that road but <laughs> since we're going down uh, deviant, deviant Avenue yeah okay that's <laughs> what I'd rather do than this <laughs> yeah um, well, yeah. <laughs> how did he get 40% and what did he get 40% for music the music I is alright I reckon yeah maybe and the fact that he's got loads of things that's to if shoot. they did the music because I have a feeling I'd heard that music in a demo it wouldn't so, surprise me if this was all just nicked I think it's all nicked I, 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 a funny feeling it is and I don't think it was ever really meant to be released no so. probably not anyway it's crap
1: Let's move on. We've got one game left this uh, this part. We do. We'll move into that. Let's fly on into that. To Graham, tell us all about the GB Air Rally,
0: if you want to. As I like to call it, the GB, GB, GB. <laughs> 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 Good old Tweaky. He's always going to get in there, isn't he? GB, GB, um, GB, GB, <laughs> GB, GB, GB <laughs> Air Rally. What's up, Air Rally? Dr. Theopasis' crap at flying a plane, I tell you. Tweaky. Yeah. Back on the stick, not that stick tweaky. (laughs) Um, anyway, (laughs) he's a clock, um, (laughs) he's a talking clock for God's sake. Um, Activision uh, made this or did this and released this. It was created by Steve Cartwright. Graphics are by Mike uh, Nowak. Um, And the music is by Russell Leiblich on this version, or Leibich. I don't know how you say that surname. I'm guessing one of those variations. So this is obviously inspired by things like those magnificent men in their flying machines, that kind of thing. Um, So it's an air race game now. So we'd probably call this the Red Bull Air Rally nowadays or something like that if it came out now. Yeah, probably. Um, So just to give you a little brief lowdown from the Instructionis, Flocking to Buckeye from all over the world, flyers of all ages, amateurs and pros alike, anyone and everyone who dares to race the legendary GB are lining up to test their guts and wits in what Johnny, little John Daring, has called the air racing competition of the century from the GB air rally. Uh Racing against the clock, contestants strive to complete four courses in eight game levels, each level more difficult than the last. (laughs) really accumulating points as they go the fourth course in each level is a special low flying balloon popping or slalom event Mm. pilots get two chances to complete each course in the allocated time you won't need them don't you worry about that (laughs) To score the most points flyers must stay on course and avoid mid-air collisions good general advice with other planes the clock ticks much faster each movement sorry the clock ticks much faster each moment a pilot strays off course and while it's possible to survive a mid-air mishap and resume racing most collisions eat up so much of the clock that completing the course in regulation time becomes very difficult. Pilots normally advance from one course to another and from one level to another, only if they successfully complete the last course or level. So that's the instructions. So it's off to the races then. Your altimeter, compass and speedometer appear left to right on your control panel. The allotted time for each race appears at the start of the race in the upper left of the screen, then begins to tick down when the race begins. Your point total appears in the upper right of the screen, except during the special balloon popping event special Ooh. <laughs> special uh to start racing you press and release obviously the joystick button and um, obviously, you begin to pick up speed and then you pull back on the stick to climb, climb, soaring into the air. So you control your aeroplane with your joystick um, and mm-hmm. you fly about trying to sort of think, think basically, think uh, a really naff version of pole position, but in midair. And you wouldn't be far wrong with this bloody piece of crap. So essentially, you've got to fly through the courses and sort of stick to the sort of, I guess, do you call them, what do they call them? Like you have to fly between the goalposts, essentially. It's hard to define them really because they're just kind of, Crap. Blocky Sprite things. Yeah, crap. <laughs> They're crap. Um, the clock runs at four times the normal speed in this. Um, so you've got, they call them pylons, by the way. You've got to stay between the pylons. Um, yeah, okay. And obviously you've got to avoid the other flyers in the air. To, so if you get a mid-air collision or you fly, you know, dangerously, you can you can parachute, apparently, straight to the ground. I never did that because you don't need to. Um, I found that this was... A little bit easy, actually. So, obviously, you can score by popping the blooms and winning the races. Doing that. And essentially, you've got to fly in a fly in these air races, uh, akin to that Book Rogers kind of idea. So th- if you're thinking Book Rogers, loads of other games that have been like this. Um, but, yeah, yeah. you know, I'll come to the sort of look and feel of it. But, essentially, it's an air race game um, where you control the airplane sprite, which is quite big, but monarch, but ye- all, all yellow. It's all yellow, was not your sprite in this? <laughs> um, so you can <laughs> control it with your joystick, and you've got to fly around the course which is a bit hard to spot of course it's in there amongst the you know stroboscopic visuals and then you have got to fly through that you get to the end and you just keep doing that it's one of those kind of games i think graphically this is in what we can now call the C64 raster bar zoom mode so yeah. the illusion of speed and flight is well i'll say speed in this is given by how much stroboscopic background stripes you can <laughs> stand <laughs> um, and it's something we've seen used in loads of games loads but principally think that book, like I said book Rogers but it, it, I, I, I was trying to think there's so, there's so many that do this I mean, there's loads of them that do that kind of you know, yeah. st- stroboscopic 3D visuals where you're meant to be flying in towards the screen of the 3D So the raster bars kind of, you know, they get wider as they go towards the bottom to give it that depth effect. All right. Kind of works, I suppose. Um, So it's a flying pole position, which is not something you wanted. Who wanted that? Did anyone ever ask for that? (laughs) Nope. And it's got some key issues for me. So number one, the raster colour effect strobe is horrible. No way around that. It is. It's horrible. First Mm -hmm. level's grey and green. Grey and green is not colours you should combine and stripe at people. pox on you for that. Um, Well, number two, while your large main sprite is clumsy looking and and crappy coloured, they're all clumsy looking and crappy coloured. So they're big sprites, what you're moving around, but there's not many of them and they're all a bit naff. All of the competitors are exactly the same plane as you as well. There's no variation of planes. They're just, you're all flying the same plane type. Okay, that's, you know, maybe that it is what it is. You know, know, I wasn't expecting it to be wacky races, but it would have been nice to have maybe a biplane or something in there, as opposed to just the same as you. Um, But they are at least a different color, which is nice. The strobe effect is designed to give you a sense of speed, but there is no sense of speed in this game um, because the speed needs to be connected to the height, doesn't it, in this? because. If you're willing to emulate something going fast, you need to be a bit close to the ground and feel like, you know, feel. And that's that's something that is a problem. And I'll come back to that in a moment. And of course, number five, there's the difficulty. And that's because this game isn't difficult in the slightest. In fact, it's stupidly easy. I was pretty much able to go almost all the way through this game without really even trying. It wasn't, it isn't hard. There's not much to go out. There's not much in the air. And I found the best way to navigate your way between the pylons is to just... Aim at them ish because they're dead wide apart anyway, and it's not yeah. like it's not like it's like some navigatory track that's narrow and that you've got to get through. Or you know, modern way of doing this would be to have because this would be more like a mini game in a newer game, wouldn't it? And mm-hmm. there's a couple of games where you, and it would be hoops that you have to fly through, a bit like that Mario game. One of the Mario games where you're in an airplane, or was it Diddy Kong? where one of them is an it's airplane, one. Yeah, it's one of them, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you fly through the little circles of, you know, and you got to do it like, well, not like that, no, not this one. They're just kind of spaced really wide apart. And I went off track once in the, all the time I was playing this, yeah, once. same here. <laughs> and then it was like, soon back on track, and I was like, and by being off track, I mean, I went one pixel off to the right, and I was like, oh, I better go back again. Pushed myself to the left. All good. That was it. <laughs> that was my challenge for the day. Just too bloody easy. There's so many, there are other players to contend with, but they're really easy to avoid. You just go up and over them. So it's like, all right, it's that, <laughs> yeah. that was. It. They're not, they don't get in the way. And, and it's so much, the one thing about flying an airplane, I imagine, is that you've got loads of room to manoeuvre into. When you're on a road and this car's coming towards you, you've got a road, you're on the road. So you can't go too far off the road, you're on the road. When yeah. you're in the air, you just go way up to the left and the plane's going to go past, isn't it? There we go. It's hard to hit planes in this. You have to try hard. You actually have to, to aim for them because there's so much air to fly through. So yeah. And um, again, there's a few nice little touches here and some of the screens are quite funny in it because obviously there's one when you crash and stuff like that. If you do crash, I don't think you ever will. And I suppose it's just a bit of a throwback to a duller kind of game that we haven't seen for a while and thankfully hadn't. You know, it wasn't welcome. It wasn't a kind welcome back. This wasn't a return of form for some person that's been away for a few years and come back to a welcoming committee. Now this was uh, a few people <laughs> chanting and shouting and throwing fruit at the airport and get, get lost. We never wanted you here in the first place. This is Trump's visit, another visit. He's come back for a second visit. and uh, We didn't bring out the, the nice biscuits first time. We definitely ain't bringing them out again. Um, I think the, the key thing here is add a shadow, you stupid, stupid game design oh. idiot. <laughs> yeah, yes, Add I a shadow that. to, to the aeroplane. Not, to to anything. anything. Yeah, just a shadow shadows are important on a game when you're in the air because that means it really feels like you're in the air Yeah, and it wouldn't have been hard because it's not like you simply add it would have been easy to do you could have done that with characters I'm sure there's a million ways you could have done it You didn't though, did you? So it just means that it looks stupid and it doesn't feel like you're in the air. So what you end up with is a floaty, boring headache. Um, (laughs) And my only compliment here is that the instruction manual, which is designed like an old newspaper, is really cool. I loved the instruction manual and the way they laid it out because it's done like a really old newspaper. It's really themed. They've really thought about it. Whoever they hired to do that, clearly in a different league to the people that made this game, because the instruction and everything else, and we'll put the link to the show notes, it's a really cool bit of design, that. Everything else, shit on toast. How about you?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Do you know this is, uh, what's his face? uh, What's his name? Uh, Steve Cartwright. He did um, the Hacker Games and the other one he did, uh, Aliens, the American Aliens, and he did this. There you go. Uh, Raster bars and the odd object do not a racing game make. That's uh, nope. really it. I like the idea of an aerial pole position. There could be something in there, but no. You just feel like you're floating over light and dark greens or browns and greys whatever, whilst an ear shredding wine wends its way into your ears. <laughs> <That> <laughs> and you press fire button, and it goes,
0: oh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it kept making yeah. press fire. Button. Oh. <laughs> it's like, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> what does this fire button do? It just makes you just makes you <laughs> plain plain sound depressed. Oh. Stupid game the controls are leaden you never feel like you're actually flying and whilst the sprites are nice I guess they in no way fit with the raster landscape coming at you they're just nothing gels those sprites that actually mark out the the sides of the track they don't fit (laughs) nothing fits the pictures when you get flying out of the plane it's quite amusing the bit that did make me laugh because it reminded me of uh, clumsy colin was the sprite animation which when you get flung out as well it's dead overdone it's like oh god (laughs) it's like okay but again clunky loading did yours when it was loading every time it popped up a new screen to go bah, 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 yeah.
0: or something I was like what, "Yeah, what's it doing <laughs> just got carried away with itself there's so much loading in it it's painful yeah another
1: one awful music sound effects crap there's no correlation between the speed of the raster bars and the trackside markers they move at different speeds so that's yeah. you've got two different things coming at you in to to try and work out what speed you're at it's like this no they're on the ground so they'd move the same speed as the raster bars would but like you yeah. said there's no shadow so there's no connection nothing it's just a float. everything's float. it's awful or horrible, horrible um yep so just that the naffness of the main game it all combined to have me turn this off pretty fast i like racing games really do this could have been quite interesting and as you said it's dead easy just to avoid everything just fly up yeah fly up and turn left or right just when you need to fly up just fire yeah. up and left to right when you need to. If you want a bit of a laugh, <laughs> press the fire button every now and then. You go, oh, uh, oh, and that's it. Um, But <laughs> this really wasn't for me. GBA no. rally. No Crap. Really bad. Well, there we go. <laughs> that's three crappers. <laughs> yeah. After a really crap, good start.
0: Crap, crap, crap. Crap, crap, crap. <laughs> yeah uh so there we go it's been a long time we haven't part. had a triple crap treat for a while have we that's been a
1: no usually something's been breaking the uh monotony but two commando crappers and a in a crappy pole position knockoff <laughs> flying pole position flying pole position <laughs> <laughs> howard you've done it again <laughs> it's like no you haven't no <laughs> why would he be in a plane with his best friends talking pie no No. (laughs) No. No. Anyway, there we go. We're going to go away and take a break. I think we need it after those crap nightmares. Um, And we'll be back in a bit. We're going to look at some albums that were coming out in May 1988. So please stay with us.
2: The novel Escape from the Commodore 64 by David Hearn is out now. Growing up in the 80s is a chore for Sarah, who feels misunderstood by her parents and badgered by Reese, her bothersome brother who incessantly prattles on about his treasured computer games. When Reese tells her one of the games tried to pull him inside the computer, she laughs off his fanciful fib. She waggles the joystick to disprove his fairy tale and is pulled into the computer. Now trapped in games she'd never had any interest in playing, how can she possibly beat them? With the help of Feisty Nell, another trapped player, can Sarah find her way back home or is it game over? An evil madman, a hostile planet, bloodthirsty robots, a never-ending throng of karate experts, and relentless digital soldiers will do their best to ensure Sarah never escapes. Available from Amazon and all good online retailers, find out if there's a way out of the beige bread bin of betrayal for Sarah in Escape from the Commodore 64. Oh, you, you think-
1: And we are back. We've got albums to go out. There's a few albums here that came out this month. Let's do the number ones first of all. Um, our first one is back in at number one. I think we've seen this before at number one. I think we probably have. Yeah. This is Tang- Tango in the Night by Fleetwood Mac. Your favourites?
0: Yeah, not a fan. Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> no fan? No, no. No, not a still not. Um, this is their fourteenth album. We said it when it came out back in nineteen eighty-seven. Um, this must be a CD re-release or something.
1: Don't think is it is. Pretty impressive. It's the, same, it's, it's the same release. It just kept going. The, their albums never get released.
0: They just they just keep going. Like rumours is still in this charts now. <laughs> well, like we said before, it's the most successful lineup of Lindy, Lindy, Lindsey Buckingham, Mick Fleetwood, Christy McVie yeah. John McVie and Steve Nicks Stevie Nix. Yeah. Yes. So, um
1: yeah i think didn't we see was it everywhere we saw recently that was the single yeah it's it's just when they release a new single people go that's five really good songs i'm just gonna go buy it now and they go back to the one. um so that was the first two weeks uh that was knocked off in the third week by love sexy
0: by prince yeah yes the 10th studio album from the diminutive duke of funk from that week (laughs) From that week yeah (laughs) 10th studio album that week he produced he got quite mixed reviews though actually that one uh, it wasn't his most popular one. In fact, it was the least popular one he ever did. Really? Yeah. What tracks are off it? What well, I it says know. it was the least popular, least successful album since 1981. That's actually the number of albums he released. <laughs> so, this th- least successful album since album 1981. <laughs> Which was which was that year? He yeah. <laughs> just couldn't be stopped. He cannot be stopped. Prince, we don't. Enough in the v- There's
1: not enough vinyl in the world.
0: <laughs> Stop making stuff. But yeah, it's got Alphabet Street on it, which we looked at in the, in the singles, didn't we? Um, this one. Ah, There's yeah. not a lot of other big. I think only they only released two singles off that. I think. I don't quote me on that, but
1: yeah, because that's all they had time for. We released another before we released another well, album. Well, yeah,
0: another album <laughs> came out a week later.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely uh <laughs> uh back in at number one for the fourth week tango in the night
2: <laughs> back
1: went back up told you they, they, you can't you can't keep them back once they start selling they sell
0: yeah, people um, like
1: it people loved it anyway there you go and finally for the last week we had night flight various artists what the hell was this yeah
0: this was a compilation album soul for the flight of flying um, it's got uh, George Benson, Randy Crawford, Alexander O'Neill, and Luther Vandross on it, amongst many others. Wow, there's names to set your watch by. Oh, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can fly <laughs> first class anytime. So, yeah, that album's like. so,
1: the album's so smooth, it,
0: the, the needle can't pick it up. Exactly, yeah. There's, there's no grooves on it. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's just looking at it, it's, like, it's just flat. The album's so groovy, it's smooth. I said <laughs> you should put that on the box. <laughs> it's so smooth,
1: it's <laughs> got no groove. got all the groove. It's all the groove. <laughs> <laughs> anyway albums let's get back into them first uh, first of may in at number 14 life's too good by the sugar cubes
0: yeah. it was until you released this album yeah their debut album from the pinch-faced honking snow geisha <laughs> um, not my cup of earl grey you?
1: no you're not a big
0: uh, bjork fan are you no not really i don't uh, like the sugar cubes particularly i remember that single was for a while oh it wasn't supposed to happen yeah i think that's what they're talking about their actual single Oh yeah, just oh. the
1: fact they got a record record uh, deal.
0: Yeah, record deal. Yeah, someone yeah. someone liked it.
1: Um, in at number thirty, "Aliens Ate My Buick" by Thomas Dobley,
0: Dobley. Yeah. Oh, Mister Dobley. I didn't realize Dobly. he was English. I don't know why I didn't realize English with a name like Thomas Dolby, but he is. But it's not. But it Could be American.
1: I don't know. I listened to uh, the first two tracks off this. It's hard to believe it's the same album or artist. It's really <laughs> it they're really be. weird. One's like an eighties, just an eighties sort of popman, and the other is like some. Weird art installation piece. It's Dead it weird. Was. It's really odd. Um, yeah, but not my cup of tea. Not my not my thing. I no,
0: like, I've uh, never... I can honestly say I've never listened to anything of his on purpose. So
1: No, well, I'd, well I did earlier and I wish I hadn't.
0: Yeah, was it recorded in <laughs> Uh It was actually. I could I could hear both sides of the record. Thomas, Thomas Dolby, N-R. He's got a noise reduction, so he just <laughs> presses his head. It just, it no just one, it reduces his no hiss. One He's pressed, always hissing.
1: No one used to press that button. <laughs> No one pressed
0: that button on the stereo. The muffle button, which <laughs> yeah. made everything muffled.
1: Have you recorded this with NR? Wow, oh, I thought it was good. No. No. That's
0: the, never use the NR button. It's muffle mode. Those <laughs> so
1: stupid buttons you used to have on stereos and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Extra yeah. things they had. What does that mean? What does that
0: do? <laughs> Switch on the Dolby button. Why? <laughs> <laughs> when we haven't got a Dolby system. It'll sound better. No, it won't. <laughs> it doesn't sound better. It sounds muffled. <laughs> I used to have that on my Walkman. Had a Dolby mode. It was like it's the most it's the least used mode that was ever on that Walkman. (laughs) I'm never going to use that.
1: Yeah, new tech added to stuff to make you think. Oh yeah, like they would sell you video recorders and stuff with extra stuff on it. Like yeah, we were lucky. I had audio
0: dub on yours, but how many people used audio the audio dub feature? Not many. No, you could even add a times two, so you could just watch an entire film in times two. How would you do that? <laughs> you wouldn't. Just, they just—they just reached a level of pointless additions to that particular video, that Ferguson video star. Ad. It was because it was all, at one point when they were selling, it was all about the features, wasn't it? So yeah, it exactly. Bombarded yeah. that thing, they threw through the feature book at that one. You know, it yeah. did everything. I mean, what fil- what films did you watch last night? Oh, I
1: watched Predator, Rambo, Commando. And, uh, <laughs> how did you do that? How did you do all that? I just watched it in
0: times two. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> stupid i mean i remember the remote control was massive it was it looked like a scientific calculator it had that many bloody buttons on it yeah didn't we use stupid. one of those
1: did we use one of those remote controls to start the apocalypse in our film
0: no actually no that was it was a ferguson but it wasn't one of the um ferguson video stars that was rick's he had that flap on it didn't it? that pointless, yeah. pointless flap yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, the, yeah. A, the, it was a weird remote control actually because it it was because normally they're kind of uh a sort of a mobile phone type aren't they the kind of the, the portrait yeah, long, long and
1: thin yeah, yeah 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 his
0: was it wasn't it? his was landscape his was, his was wide and fat <laughs> <laughs> not saying
1: yes, though. It, yes it was
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes yes it was
1: uh yes. there we go um <laughs> number 60 this is our art by the soup dragons this is debut our album. Art.
0: yeah debut album from them uh do you like the soup dragons Nah, not really. Well, this because this is different to the later Soup Dragons because they went they underwent a sound change. Apparently, from an indie rock sound, this is after this album to the rock dance crossover sound. Apparently, it was due to the fact that they at one point had no drummer, so they bought a drum sampler and then began an experiment with the release of things like that, and then. The album uh, Love God came out. I think that's where yeah. They... I think we've talked about it
1: before. We tried to remember what the big single was, isn't it? Um, I'm so an illusion. Huh? Yeah, oh, that's I'm the one. Like... Yeah, did, yeah. Uh, did, did, did they do I'm free? Was that there? I'm
0: free or was that... to do what I want. Was that no, Want them? No, I don't know. Was, was it? That, it? Was that, yeah, it Yeah, might be that. Been that primal... Yeah, it was. Ding 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 da ding. Yeah, it is them, Yeah, was that primal scream? Was it? Could be. Get them confused.
1: They all sounded the same. Exactly. I do. Yeah. Exactly. Spiral carpets. That Manchester scene. They just all blended into one. Well, yeah, but well, they're from Scotland. Hayes. But I, <laughs> yeah, but the sound. But you Manchester, couldn't tell they were from Scotland. No, yeah, but they had no, that Manchester scene, actually. didn't they? Is what I'm saying.
0: No. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, and Blair were part of the Manchester yeah. scene, but they were from Chelmsford. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I um, I only really, really remember this Soup Dragons track because it's in the film um, The World's End. Uh, no, I just remember it because that was uh, that was always the signal to go
1: get a beer at Gullers. Come yeah, for dance they, floor.
0: remember when it came on? Yeah, yeah. Come off the yeah, dance it's floor, like, oh, the Soup it's Dragons. T- time
1: for a beer. the, the Manchester bits coming yeah. on. Time to go have this is the one
0: that goes. We want to be free to do what we want to do at the yeah, beginning. That's, I think that's, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. yeah it is yeah, there.
1: Unless it's private screen, yeah. but which case who cares? Anyway, eighth of May. Number it's straight in at number two. Kept off by uh, Fleetwood Mac is stay on these roads by Aha. Stay on these
0: roads, lads. Um, <laughs> stay off some horse <laughs> The third album from our chirpy Norwegian trio.
1: Yes, uh, I, it's all right. This album. It's probably the weakest album so far. It's got. it doesn't have the massive songs of the first, nor the overall moodiness mm. of the second. They were still.
0: Are they did they manage to ever shrug the kind of teen heartthrob thing that they got cast into at the beginning because they seemed to spend forever trying to get rid of it didn't they and
1: yeah this was where they were it. starting through but they're doing videos in here with far too much uh i think we looked at stay on these roads recently and had far too much leather and bright blue jeans in the video which is never a good combo black leather and bright blue jeans not good uh in at number yeah. three stronger than pride by sade or sade
0: sade Sade. You're a Shadé fan, aren't
1: you?
0: Um, yes, I do like Sade and I do like some of her things. Um, this is the third studio album. Um, Christine McKenna of the Los Angeles Times wrote about this album: "The nine songs on Stronger Than Pride add up to one long plea of desire, and at the album, and as the album makes its way up the charts, as it surely will, armies of love-struck men will no doubt dream of losing themselves in Sade's quiet storm of passion."
1: Can you try and do that in the voice of What's Her Face from The Fog? Stevie Wayne,
0: <laughs> this is Stevie Wayne. Um, I've got a few tunes for you. Um, no, um, we're Stevie Wayne impersonation. Ever, no. <laughs> that was terrible. Um, I've got, I've, I don't pretend to do a good Stevie Wayne. I'm no expert at doing impersonations of Stevie. That's Wayne. That's true, you know. Uh, contrary this, to what you might think, this didn't make me get a quite a storm of passion. I have to say. No, it's all right. It's all right, isn't it? But it's, oh, it's more singing like this. You know, it's if you like that kind of thing, <laughs> great. But more of that. I wouldn't go as far as to say it was that, you know, storms of passion are going to be out there. It's good, but it's not that good. No, it's not.
1: Number nine, more Dirty Dancing from the original The original soundtrack. So you've got more songs. Yeah. I'm sure there weren't that more many songs, songs
0: in the original. There's loads in it, isn't there? For there's, another album's sp- worth? Sequ- yeah, there's loads of bits where they're dancing and, the scenes on for a very short amount of time They've probably just raided it for every bit of music they could. Probably, yeah. I did. This did prompt me to think though. What are the dirtiest of dances? Well, yes, because of course that's I don't know if is it salsa dancing they're doing in this or some kind doing? of variation of I salsa. Know. I think
1: is that what the considered the a dance.
0: I think it's because they're they're close up intimate dances, salsa and uh, things okay. like that. Um, Paso. I think Argentine tango is kind of a you know quite of a close intense dance. I would never know because I'm. I'm no expert at any of those. I tended to keep people the hell away from me if I was dancing around a dance floor. I was a you very did. large man with long straggly hair and a wild <laughs> flinging of the arm. could be very dangerous to me. So uh, I think the, I was more dangerous dancing than dirty dancing. But um, And I was probably quite grubby as well, so maybe I was a bit more mucky dancing. Mucky dangerous, really.
1: Mucky dancing. <laughs> yeah, the, the, mucky the, dangerous the, dancing, the, the, yeah. Mucky dancing, the, the, the not-so-well-known follow-up.
0: Well, I've dancing. been trying to think what, because obviously, <laughs> you know, when you, but the, the dirtiest of dances, but let's, the dancing that I know, because obviously I'm no, I, I don't know enough about ballroom dances or anything to know if a foxtrot's dirtier than a rumba or whatever. But I'm going by the dances that I've seen. So, golf crumbles, that's not particularly dirty. Um, no, you but, up, that, step you know, the floor. But drunk, you know, drunk middle aged divorcee, they can get quite, you know, they do that kind <laughs> of, you know, what they call it, was it a slut drop they call it or something like that? Ew. They do a lot of that on the old dance floor, something like that. I don't know,
1: but twerking,
0: twerking's quite sexy. Twerking, yeah, twerking, dirty, yeah. Dirty, should
1: I say, not sexy. I don't find it sexy,
0: not dirty. It's done by the right, you know, the right thing. It's got to be, you know, not everyone can twerk. Yeah, not, not, people weren't happy when I did it at the last wedding I went to. No, well, no, then you had your, uh, you know, your I please anyone pants on. and <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> with, with the vertical slit. I know that uh, she choked on a pie, didn't she? That uh, old lady that was there. She did. Unfortunate that she did. She, she went. One choked on her dentures. Yeah. The other one choked on a pie, but you know. And the that's last, what the happens. last, and the last one had a stroke, but she couldn't reach. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey. Anyway, I'm not sure because I. The only dirty dancing I've seen is when people get drunk at, at clubs like Gulliver's in Grimsby. And even then, I won't say it was dirty. I think it was just more kind of clumsy <laughs> and <laughs> awkward <Grub>. for everybody. <laughs> Grubby. When people start getting off with each other on a dance floor. Is that not a little bit awkward for everyone? I think it is. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, it is. There's um, nothing more disappointing than looking at somebody, you get, you know, because people think they're kissing passionately when they're drunk on a dancer like that. They're not. It just looks like two people are trying to suck the pattern off each other's ribs. So it's not nice. Not nice at all. It's not
1: someone might some people might call that kind of thing savage amusement. It's right. a number eighteen album by the scorpions. <laughs> the scorpions i've not i can't look at them the same way after
0: last the single they had no this is their 10th studio tenth. album 10 how did they get to 10 i don't know um it's by the german masters of poodle perm hair metal i've put yes that's what you, they might want to be branded as yep good musicians they are um but they were still booing a support <laughs> act when they came on apparently Um when they were doing live shows traditional euro blend of hair metal heavy on arpeggios and chug sure uh, sounds like a dwarven tavern it does. <laughs> <laughs> the arpeggiated chug. It does. Ah, come on. Come on, Gilby. Let's get in the arpeggiated <laughs> chug. Come on, come here. They all start singing and washing the pots. <laughs> Andy Bunch to around, though.
1: They Andy. are, yes. It's good to have them there. Yes. Uh, in at number 31
0: is Scenes from the South Side by Bruce Hornsby and the Meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're forever known to me as now. <laughs> meatball meatball heads. heads. That's all they are, <laughs> meatball heads. That's all I can see now, and that's all I'm ever going to see. <laughs> yep, That's all you'll ever know. <laughs> I can't undo that. I can't undo what you've done now. That's it then, just meatball heads. <laughs> uh, Meat hair is the way ahead for them.
1: <laughs> number 40, Was Blind by the Icicle Works.
0: Yeah, Uh fourth album by these guys apparently it's english new wave no right? i listened to it no i've mm. ever heard anything by him and i checked a quick check on this track and it was dull bland core yes
1: yeah that's why i um, thought as
0: well not for me really dull no no Dicky uh, works not for me yeah,
1: yeah 15th of may we've already talked about it in at number one love sexy by uh prince we did his fifth album this week at number eight, now that's what I call
0: quite good by the House Martins. Mm, House, House Martins. They, House Martins. <laughs> uh, do you see what they did there yeah did. it won't help them though because it's a compilation it's the best of post breakup best of album or greatest hits album i'd say best of because i don't think any of their hits are that great so no don't i think don't they deserve to call it a greatest hits album
1: no and i'd even sort of bulk at the term
0: best of yeah true yeah uh, house martins isn't that a bird a house martin
1: yes it is yes part of yeah, the so uh, Could
0: maybe we've got it all wrong maybe it's actually just a collection of songs sung by <laughs> by various <laughs> different kind of birds birds wow that is that's what i call quite good (laughs) (laughs) thank you very
1: much i'm here all week um in at number 18 is open up and
0: say ah yeah classic poison yeah good track good tracks on there nothing but a good time obviously we spoke about last time every rose rose (laughs) it does have that on there Um, just like every cowboy sings a sad sad song (laughs) Which is obviously what they use in uh, Bill and Ted's, isn't it? Yeah, I love that bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, the original front cover of the album, which featured model ba- model Bambi, that's her name, dressed as a luminous red demon with a protruding tongue, caused controversy among parental groups. The band changed the cover so that only the model's eyes were visible. Now I thought I'm getting a, a real Spinal Tap vibe from that yeah. straight away. <laughs> yeah, such a the, the such album a cover's fine too, line. too too sexy. <laughs> such a fine line, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, mm. it does
1: make me laugh. It is a proper spinal tap vibe. But... What's wrong? What's wrong with being sexy? Sexist, S- oh. oh, okay. Uh, number twenty-seven is Odyssey by Ingway
0: J. Malmsteen. Malmsteen, uh, fourth album from Mr. Malmsteen. Do you like Mr. Malmsteen? I'm not going to say his first name because it's too tongue-tiey. Ingway. Ingway.
1: Uh, no, i do you like?
0: <laughs> uh, I, I'm not a big fan of Ingway Malmsteen. Um,
1: I, I listened to the um, title track from this single, I can't remember what it's called, um, but there's so many whittles. It's just full of whittling. It's not, it's just... Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, stop it! He's a very, very fast player. He's um, a very massive apid- whittler. Player. <laughs> he is, but, you know, he's a master of certain Tal- techniques. He's, uh... he's very good. Yeah, yeah, but... very clever, very clever. But whittling's not for me. Um, Steve Huey at All Music gave the... Album two stars out of five, calling it a more subdued, polished collection, seemingly designed for mainstream radio airplay, and that it shows little difference in approach from Malmstein's previous output. However, he did praise Joe Lynn Turner's vocals and Malmstein's guitar work, but remarked that the latter sounds constrained and passionless, due in part to his recovery from a near fatal car accident in 1987. And I put there, well, near fatal accidents generally (coughs) do hamper your ability to play really effective guitar. They do, um, they,
1: yeah, yeah. Surprising, you managed to get over it that. Well, if it was a near but, fatal.
0: Um, he's a master of, um, is sort, of, sort of what do you call it? Um, whittling. So, so no, it's a, it's a, it's the proper name for it, isn't there? It's um, <laughs> yeah, whittling. <laughs> it's a picking technique, isn't it? But he's, he's a master at that, though. I'm
1: not, no, I'm not, I'm not knocking his ability. He's a very good guitarist, but don't you know,
0: because he'll come after you. He's a real dangerous guy. He will whittle all over me. He'd be, he'd be outside <laughs> your house right now. You'll hear him. <laughs> He yeah. speaks like that. That's how he talks. He talks in, you
1: know,
0: <laughs> he can't speak actual English. He speaks in thousand, arpeggiated guitar speed. A thousand words a minute.
1: He does. Yeah. He you does. have to sort of record him, slow him down and then play him at two times speed on your old Ferguson video star, maybe. Or, exactly. or half he'll,
0: speed. He'll alternatively pick you to death. That's what he does. He picks our oh. steel, picks a pure steel. <laughs> he has them
1: between each knuckle. Um, In number 30 is The Sea of Love by Adventures oh god did you listen to this I did thanks (laughs) thanks for linking to that (laughs) M.O.R. blandness of the bland kind it was awful rubbish not good at all Uh, in at number 68 He's the DJ and I'm the Rapper by DJ Jazzy
0: Jeff and the Fresh Print yeah we mentioned this and they did the singles didn't we it's the first big album that came out of of that it is their first one of that style of, of their style Jazzy Jeff's style and Fresh Prince obviously is Will Smith as we know him now Um, but I quite like the stuff from back then you know Girls of the World ain't nothing but there was a bit of fun and a bit of crazy if you think of the opening of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air that's the kind of style that this album is it's all that kind of stuff that, that, and a lot of people still like that this is the story all about it's all that kind of that kind of vibe so if you like that kind of style that's exactly what it is and of course Jazzy Jeff is in the Fresh Prince, and so is the Fresh Prince in that TV show. Strangely enough,
1: weird that the Fresh Prince would be in the Fresh I know, Prince got of Bel his own TV show and everything. Yeah, you know he did
0: well for himself. Fresh um, Prince on your bell end is probably the porno <laughs> version of that. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> fingerprints, <saying. laughs> fingerprints on your bell
1: end. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Can't Can we say. dust? I'm not dusting for those. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how he died. I'm not just the print there.
0: (laughs) Tickle it with the brush. No. (laughs) Call that a brush? (laughs) What are you doing here, Crocodile Dundee? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you've ruined the fingerprint. It's expanded. It looks like it's made by a giant (laughs) now. What have you been doing? Stop tickling it with that brush.
1: (laughs) You did Uh, it. I can see every individual wall. (laughs) God's all and
0: whirl. <laughs> for God's sake, move on to Tracy Chapman, please.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, number 76, Tracy Chapman with Tracy Chapman.
0: Yeah, yeah. Your favourite kind of thing when they name the album after themselves. Absolutely. And then have a monochrome
1: picture of themselves looking down to, the, down to a corner. But if that album cover doesn't sum up that album for you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it looks don't like get the, me wrong, good album. but looks like the Terrence Trent Derby and the Smith and
0: Morris it, album it cover. It does, well, you, you called it.
1: Yeah like that's how you get a big album you just have a picture yourself looking down
0: yeah lots of big uh tracy chapman tracks on that particular album that they've all come out over the years i always like quite like the sound really i suppose um and learning to play at least one of her tracks on an acoustic guitar <laughs> along with more than words by extreme and nothing else matters by metallica is the guaranteed early guitar repertoire of the party knobhead um <laughs> it needs to be sent to the toilet if you ever come across them at a rate of knots do that make sure you do it <laughs> Yes, they do. <laughs> just send them to the toilet. We had it once at a party we were at, where a guy came who armed with a guitar, um, you know what's going to happen? They're going to try and charm somebody with that thing. It actually it summed up nicely in Animal House, the film where Bluto, the yeah. character Bluto, comes down okay. the stairs and the guy's I saying love uh, the chicken, the chicken, and he just grabs the child and smashes it to pieces. One of those guys. We were at a party where one of those guys appeared, and he came up to us and immortally said the words, um, "Has anyone got a room? <laughs> to which we were we were instantly enraged by both the fact that he had a crap acoustic guitar in one hand and he turned up without a plectrum. Which I mean, you don't have to play with the plectrum, I know, but we were like, it, enraged. I mean, I was partially enraged, um, but you were fully enraged. The point where you got that man, you just sent him to the toilet. I just kept telling <laughs> him, said, you need the t- you need the toilet, and he's like, I, I don't think I do. You need the toilet. Get to the toilet. He actually went. He went to the toilet. Didn't he he did. Not one of my late run. He was outside, but... outside in the garden where there was a. Someone had set a small outside fire barbecue type thing. And there he was oh. strumming the guitar. I have never wanted to smash a music instrument Someone someone's head so bad. <laughs> but in the end, I ended up throwing two jack of potatoes at the kitchen window and filling the- uh, <laughs> We did, didn't we? Yes, that was a good pun- party. And, pu- and punching the cake. But there you go. It's a whole different, uh, whole di- that party <laughs> did not end in the way we expected it to. And what was our motto for that? You shouldn't have invited us. That was the uh, that's what we <laughs> it said. Was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, should have invited us. <laughs> we got asked the question, Why did you do that? And we were like, You shouldn't have invited us. If you don't, if you don't want those things to happen at your party, do not invite us because that's going to happen. There we're much calmer interesting these days. Aside. we don't do that now. No, it was no, years ago,
1: it was many years ago. We were, you know, young and needed the money. <laughs> wild, yeah, a bit wild, yeah. 22nd of May uh, and at number 7 is The First of a Million Kisses by the
0: <sighs> Furground Attraction yeah One It Wonders and the album has one hit and it's a wonder <laughs> that it ever got any further than that <laughs> yeah. so but yeah you know. Twiki was not amused no Wittering Lead of ass is what it is indeed number 11 Bullet from a Gun by Derek B yes that's a genuinely brilliant album that is uh, really good um british rap at its best or british rap at its early best r.i.p Derek b sadly Mm. Uh,
1: number 24 the unpleasantly mentioned ram it down by judas priest (laughs) which i'm hoping is a some kind of toilet reference um, after
0: a particularly bad saturday night well it's going to take them a good while to get them studded underpants off (laughs) um because that's, that's going to be sore isn't it we've said it many times but you know they are going to be sore. they're stud socks as well they wear studded socks, studded underpants, studded vests. Oh, yeah,
1: it's just... Got, the studs are just going to catch on the studs. There's, yeah, there's going to be magnetism. It's, it's painful. all bad.
0: Yeah. Never mind the leather, the smell of the leather as well. Uh, there's enough, there's, uh, wet leather is an unpleasant smell. It is. It's horrible. And especially sort of interior groin wet leather. Exactly. That's groin not going stink. to smell pleasant. Imagine the smell of that after a, after a gig. Exactly. The, the, no one Ugh. would want to go near them. It's like the... Um, do you know in uh, the, Chern- the Chernobyl disaster... All the firemen that wore the suits—they're still in the bottom of Chernobyl. They're they're down there, you know, dangerously (laughs) radioactive. Same with all the Judas Priest leather-studded pants. They're in some room somewhere. No one goes in there. (laughs) To go in there would be fatal. Absolutely fatal thing. You'd lose your eyebrows immediately. (laughs) The the, the album's their eleventh studio album. English. Now, why didn't I realise that Judas Priest were English? Did you I don't not? know why I didn't. No, I just, for some reason I just assumed they were American. I don't really know why. Um, yeah. But it was their final Judas Priest album um, with producer Tom Allen for thirty years. Wow! He came he back, came 30 back 30 later on to do a live album, and then he did their 20, 2018 album, Firepower. They're still going. <laughs> they're still oh trying God. to tear the pants off. They're still going. They're still <laughs> trying to get exactly. They're stuck, glued on now, like underpants on an, on an action man. So they get them off they're just like jammed off. on with smegma oh that there's a word that's unpleasant no matter how in what context it just that's it yeah ruined sorry um smeggy glue pads
1: <laughs> absolutely the studs have been worn down to her just to, to the nub
0: just, to the nub there's
1: barely anything else in that just flat metal that's the name of the next album <laughs> It's the name of their. Uh, it's the name of their pint that they released. their beer that they released. Have a get. Get yourself a pint of flat
0: metal. Yes. Room temperature. Get um, smeggy pants.
1: <laughs> Number eighty-one. The new order by Testament. What's going Ugh, on with these
0: bands? That, goodness me. Second studio album. Thrash metal. Yeah. Sounds exactly as you imagine it would. I can imagine. It's another. I can imagine it sounding like angry dwarves. It just sounds exactly as, you, as you, if you imagine. In your mind, just think the words thrash metal and whatever you're hearing is exactly what that is.
1: Yeah, I thought as much. Yep. 29th of May, number 11, Out of Order by Rod Stewart. Yes, he is by releasing another album.
0: <laughs> uh, this is his 15th studio album. Oh. 15. Jeez. Fifteen albums. In Brazil this album was certified gold in nineteen ninety four. Brazilian gold. Also known as South American Toot. Well, but isn't brilliant gold a type of coffee or cocaine? (laughs) Sounds like it should be.
1: Either either will keep you up all night and give you a headache in the morning.
0: Yes, and I bet it's Betty he wakes up every day thinking why don't i call my album brazilian gold instead of out of order it's a way better name <laughs> that's because
1: um what's the face is spandau ballet uh copyright the word gold <laughs> yeah. brazilian gold gold don't... <laughs> <laughs> don't try singing sort of puerto rican uh, not puerto i'm not rican, portuguese I'm not accent sorry
0: i don't i wouldn't be able to do that um no. by the way i did check in to see how many of the songs on that Rod stewart album he actually wrote and he wrote quite a lot of them so, yes, exactly. or co-wrote quite a lot of them yeah well because nowadays, he just sings cover songs, really. But that, back then, he actually did right. At the pub. We're trying to get him out. He's been there forever. Yeah. He won't leave. Uh, number 13,
1: Tougher Than Leather.
0: Not Judas Priest Leather. than <laughs> Ru- leather. Is, uh, With Run oh. DMC. Uh, number four album, or the fourth album from these these wow. dudes. So, yeah, prolific. Yeah, not as popular as its other ones, but it still went platinum.
1: Yeah, it would do. They were massive at this point, weren't they? They had yeah. the Aerosmith. Um, collaboration hadn't they My yeah they had about this point
0: yeah this is way after that and I think this is also now this is seen as kind of a seminal classic hip-hop album now um, and very underrated at the time I'm not into the Run DMC stuff of that time I know the tracks I like but I don't know many more to be able to no. give a very accurate you know, explanation of what that's like no, I don't
1: know can not tell you anything number 16 is OU812 by Van
0: Halen it is yeah their eighth studio album second album to feature Sammy Hagar I didn't, on the you old vocals ha- you- You'd actually written that
1: it's pronounced OU812. When I first saw it, I
0: was like, our
1: 812.
0: <laughs> What's that <Yeah>. all about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got to just say what you see, remember, Mr. Chips. <laughs> True. Especially <with> Sammy Hagar.
1: <laughs> he does that all yeah. the time with people. Um, he's just doing it all around his house when he wants to pint or anything.
0: He yeah, just says what he sees. Just, he talks in like numeric numerics and single letters. It's how he communicates with Will. world. Are you Yeah. Are you OK? Are you BC? F-U-N-E-M-N-X, if you've got Ham and Eggs. <laughs> it's too t- Ronnie sketch is it? <laughs> Very much so, yes. Um, I actually prefer yes. the album before this one. V-F-X. V-F-X. <laughs> 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 um, that's uh, Hammy. That's Hammy. Hammy. Hammy Hagar. Go on, Hammy. <laughs> Hammy Hagar. That's, that's, brother. Brother. that's the, <laughs> the brother. the version. The brother. Hammy. How you doing, Hammy? Um, so Hammy and Sammy together um, are one person, I think. Anyway. Uh, I much prefer fifty one fifty to OU eight one two, but you no. Know, that's five one five oh you're, like you're, like you're not saying it yeah. right, it means something. Uh, that's uh, yeah See, It was is it not the address of Eddie Van Halen? I think that's a number of his original house or something like that. Oh, I can't
1: don't remember. Know. Like Maybe. Finally <sighs> <sighs> number fifty eight, Operation Mind Crime by Queensreich.
0: <laughs> Third studio album from them. It's a concept album and a rock opera. A rock opera. <laughs> A ropera. <laughs> it's a Um It follows the story of Nikki, a drug addict who becomes disillusioned with the corrupt society of his time and reluctantly becomes involved with a revolutionary group as an assassin of political leaders. As you do. Wow, yeah. Did you listen to it at all? No, I did not. It's, uh, I, it's Iron Maiden Light.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have I have listened to some Queensryche in the past, but <laughs> I wasn't going to listen to this. No, yeah, don't. <laughs> too, there's too much. I mean, we've had Matt Queensryche, Van Halen, Rod Stewart, Testament, Judas Priest. There's too many. Ingwe Jo Malmsteen, Poison. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a scorpion. It's a lot of hair and leather. Scorpions? It's just too much. Yeah. Oh, what's going on? It really is a hairy, leathery time. <laughs> husks.
0: Hairy leather husks. <laughs> Absolutely. It's a husky time. There's leather eggs everywhere and they've all been looking <laughs> over them. That's why. Absolutely. They've hatched. In- in order to get the uh, fingerprint off the bell end. Exactly. It just hatches. That's it. <laughs>
1: uh, there we go. That's your albums. Tr- <laughs> That's not a good lot, is it? No, not. That was not a not. good month. I no. mean, there may- maybe a couple that were okay, but... It's Metal May. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah. With the studs on the inside. <laughs> um, there we go. That's your albums. We're going to come back in a little bit. We've got another four games to get through. So let's get to them and see if they're any good. So We'll see you in a bit. <laughs>
0: A strawberry movie ice lolly and a couple of screwballs to our show sponsor, DavidHearnWriter.com, where you will find a remarkable collection of audiobooks, bargain books, ebooks, and more. David once drank a tub of bathwater to get someone out of his bathroom. He's a brilliant author as well. Check out this audio chunk of his latest, Escape from the Commodore 64.
2: You can't be taking these here cars without some form of payment. Kane walked over to them and rocked back and forth on his heels. Sarah noticed how much he moved the same way she had in the game with the zappy robots. She expected him to somersault at any moment. Well, Kane said, tapping his foot impatiently. Sarah slipped her hands into her pockets, a stance she normally took when she was preparing for an argument. Her hands hit something cold and smooth. To her surprise... Her blood ran cold and excitement prickled behind her ribs. Her features lit up in a classic light bulb moment. What about diamonds?
0: You see, I told you it was good. Now, do you believe me? To grab one for yourself and indeed any of the other works from David, visit davidhernwriter.com. That's David, H E A R N E, writer.com. It's as easy as typing in some words.
1: And we're back. Once again, we are back and we've got, as I said, four more games to come up uh, in this section. So let's waste no
0: time. Let's get into them. Graham, did you enjoy your time with the card sharks? Well, I kind of did actually accolade this, um, uh, the graphics are by uh, Mimi Doggett here. Title screen was Mimi Doggett. And I got the credits down as designed by Mike Lorenzen. Um Some of the graphics are also by Richard Atanki. Or Atan- yeah, Atanki. And the music was by Ed Bogus. So kind of at the uh, accolade gang, really, aren't they? that Mm -hmm. so from the instructions okay so you've got the itch to play some cards maybe a little poker a little blackjack or even a game of hearts but all of your card playing cronies are out of town and you definitely don't want to play another boring computer card game (laughs) Um, complete with the proverbial invisible dealer you want to see your opponent eye to eye what are you going what are you what are you going to do bunky fly to vegas i don't understand that anyway um, relax, <laughs> save your dough, invite the Card Sharks over. Accolades Card Sharks is more than just three challenging card games and one disc. Card Sharks is the first interactive computer card game that allows you to play with and against um, articular animated characters. Articular is a good word, isn't it? Is that a word? Should it be articulate? I don't want to know, but it says articular in their Instructions it could be a typo. Um, no kidding. Just boot up Card Sharks and you're sitting across the felt from some vibrant, funny people with loads of personality. And they won't stink up the joint with stogies. Okay. Just call up Luigi, Milton, and Lady Vanderbilt for a friendly game of hearts. They'll even let you keep score or maybe you'd like to get into some rapid fire blackjack. Sam the dealer enjoys a game of 21 almost as much as he enjoys a good joke. And when was the last time you played poker with the world's most powerful leaders? Car Chat comes loaded with three varieties of poker and three verbose politicians. Accolades Car Chat Game. When your friends fold, the sharks are ready to play. So, yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. So this is a, a, a multi-card game, essentially, or a, a com- game, card game compendium where you can play three variations of poker, blackjack, and a game called Hearts, essentially. Yes, now, I don't indeed. know a great deal about any of those games, apart from a couple of the variations of poker. And what I'm not going to do is now go into a full-on explanation of all the different types of card game that there are. I, I actually didn't play them all. Um, I had a quick go at hearts, didn't quite get it, but I didn't have really have the time to dedicate to it. And they all play out the kind of same way. So um, the graphics on this are kind of seen, it reminded me of another card game that we played or another casino game that we played, but they're all kind of, the main players you're up against are on the back row, if you like. Oh, that was um, um, the one with Shifty Susie.
1: Yeah, was it Miami uh, Dice, was it? Might have been, yeah, with the dodgy sort of hand, hand movement, Yeah, the hand
0: shaking. And this one's got like crazy banana hands in this one. But anyway,
1: <laughs> I love the arms in this. They're a the
0: proper robot cop in. <laughs> but, but if you imagine, so you, you basically the the choices you get in this are the kind of game you want to play, and then you can choose the people you're going to play it with. And it's actually a game that's specifically designed. For solo play for these kind of card games which is quite nice so mm-hmm. it hasn't it isn't trying to do some kind of crappy version it's actually trying to give them some character to play against and that's quite interesting um so the graphics in this um obviously you go through the selection screen you get to choose that there's some character character drawings of cartoonish character drawings of the characters that you play um and then when you do get to the game depending on what game you've chosen um you'll see the kind of the people that you're up your opposition is sort of over on the back wall as it were but facing you sort of sat down uh, opposite on the table the main area of the game in the middle in casino style and then obviously the dealer at the bottom um and your sort of you know your the part that you play or the, the parts and the cards and the things that you have depending on what game you play um are, are sort of de- dealt across the table so it plays out in that in that kind of way it's not massively graphically intensive the, the that's kind of what it is a lot of the nuts and bolts and this has gone into um how you actually play out the game So out of the three poker types, which is I think there's five card draw, seven card stud and Texas Hold'em. I was most familiar with Texas Hold'em. I've never really played a lot of poker. I've never really played hearts, which is a game where I think you've got to basically get rid of the hearts. You don't have to divest them. I think what we tend to find in the UK is we have other names for these games always. So apart from poker, but there's games like um, Queenie, there's games like um, Rummy. And there's loads of other card games that have variations and they're probably maybe similar to these. And so that's what they are. And they all use a standard 52 um, card deck. And um, with the exception of Blackjack, where you can play over multiple decks, of course, which you can do in any casino as well. I wouldn't recommend it because that's just, if you want to watch your money get burned through, watch people play Blackjack. (laughs) between. Actually, I've been in a casino in Vegas and I can tell you, Blackjack and the roulette, um, aside from the slot machines, Blackjack and the roulette are the fastest i've ever seen people lose money in my life you know thousands in 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 what felt like seconds it's ridiculous but anyway so i had a game of poker in this and i played against um Margaret Thatcher Gorbachev and i forget who the third character i picked was oh, it's
1: Reagan oh Reagan wasn't yeah, it
0: yeah Ronald Reagan well you get to pick out six characters don't you so you can pick yeah. three out of the six And Mm -hmm. I didn't pick Reagan for the other one. I can't remember who I picked now. It wasn't a political leader, I don't think. Yeah, it could have been. Um, They all have their own characteristics, their own style. They all come out with funny little one-liners and quirky stuff to keep the game interesting. Um, But essentially what you're doing is you're playing poker or whatever variation of card game you've chosen against them. They're not stupid. Mm -hmm. um, And the AI isn't sort of... It it actually starts simpler and they get harder and harder and harder as you get into it, which is quite Mm -hmm. good. I quite like that. So there's a nice gentle in. So the first few hands of poker you'll play are not super intense, um, you're not paying for mega megabucks but you can soon top up a quite a you know a, a pot of money which is always kind of interesting if you do so i say so i played texas holdem went through a game of texas holdem and obviously I'm, again i'm not going to go through how you play poker but essentially um, the game plays out obviously each person plays a hand you can you can put in some money as the ante. you can then raise each other and then eventually you'll get to the point when you see each other's cards and then you've got to kind of make the best hand you can out of the Hands, you, the cards you have, and the hands, the cards that are dealt onto the table, and you're looking for pairs, three of a kind, and there's a kind of a rating scheme of the varying hands. Obviously, as you go up, then if you know that you're onto a good hand, or you think you're onto it, you can try and bluff and get the keep game going. That's poker in a nutshell. I don't know about the other variations. Um, obviously, with blackjack, the idea of that is to get twenty-one and different variations, and there's different ways people play it. Um, but the actual rules of this game are, are I think, because the rules are explained in the instructions for every all of the games in quite depth. So. You wouldn't come at this completely blind and actually controlling the game, controlling how it works is really easy. So they haven't you know, made the, com- the g- game controls in classic accolade where there's not a lot of controls to the game that, you know, you're just playing the parameters really of what you need to do. So you just make, you're making joystick based choices, essentially simple choices on a very yep. simple interface. Yep. And then fun stuff happens because they come at of one liners, their expression changes to have this wild animation on their arm. When they come and pick out the cards, it kind of it's a bit banana around, but it's it's all part and parcel of the kind of characterization of it. Um, so there's things to like, um, but that's kind of it though. It's it's a, it's a one player card game where you play against you know multiple variations, and the game difficulty ramps up as it goes. Graphics I think are nice, classic Mimi Doggett style, really. Um, so the kind of well drawn characters and Margaret Thatcher does look very Margaret Factory, and Gobbachev does look Gorbachev-y and They're of their time, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and there's fun to be had here if you like these kind of card games. Like I said. You'd need to like them. You'd need to like these particular card variations as well, which keeps, there's plenty to go at. Because if if you do like them, you're going to want to go and play these and they're quite fun to play. Um, So what there is here is fun and it's a very well-designed accolade card game. There's no denying that it is what it is. Um, It's got very nice accolade star graphics. It loaded pretty quick, really easy controls, a nice simple interface very visual decent sort of themed music it adheres to all all of the rules of the games as well the rules um, of how these card games play it feels very fair the computer never feels completely advantaged even though obviously the computer is the one that can has all the cards if you like to for want mm-hmm. of a better description but you, you, you never feel unfairly disadvantaged because you're a human in this it actually just feels quite fun um, and there is challenge you know the players are quirky there is some fun dialogue but they do they do try and bluff you, and and it's quite clever how it works in that way. So as you start to get more into it, um, it becomes more of a challenge. Not just because not just rote numeric observation of cards and different types, but they 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 do kind of shift have shifty looks at each other, and they lift the cards up and down. These little animations and little things that make it a little bit more interesting. So I quite liked it for that. Um, I suppose you've got to like these card games to really get much out of this. Um, the fact dialogue is of its time, but I suppose it, it sets it aside in terms of its graphics and, its, and the way it's laid out and stuff. It's better than that Miami Dice game. It doesn't feel quite as silly as that. It feels, it's fun, but not stupid. Um, and it sets out to do exactly what it intends, there's no denying that this game—it's just a bit of a left field game for accolade on the back of some of their other games that have been out. So this one feels like a bit of a—you know—they found this in the—you know—they just—I don't know when they found time to even make it. Um, designed, but it just <laughs> yeah. say copyright 1987 on the on the game, so maybe it was maybe it was made a while ago and it released. I don't know. So the now it was novel. I played Texas Holden with Maggie Thatcher. It was fun. Like it didn't—I don't know if it's lasting fun. Wouldn't necessarily be for me, but if you like these kind of games, you would probably find something there. Um, I think there's variety in the enough variety in the the game types and the skill levels to be able to keep you at it for a bit. A few fun aspects. I enjoyed what I played um, because it's easy to get into. It didn't rely on a lot of complicated options. It just got you in and on and you are playing the game. And you could muddle your way through a few good games of heart if you really felt like it. Would it keep me coming back? No, not really. I don't think so. Uh, but I would never have bought it in the first place. Um, so it's likeable. It was um 9.95, so it's a full price game, but well-realized. Bug free, fun for those that want some card games to have a go at in a sea of crappy sort of poker type, you know, crappy poker games that we've seen and stuff. This is kind of at least it's, it brings the fun back to it a bit. Um, but what did you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's accolade, isn't it? They've done it again in this kind. Of, they've got that accolade style, so it reminded the characters reminded me of. Um obviously not aliens, but what they look like in uh, PSI five. Yeah.
0: Same. I think it's borrowed the engine a bit. I think yeah,
1: it's maybe dog it, isn't it? So she's got that sort of very nice sort of character style that she's just manages to do and does it very well. And she, you know, hardball all those kind of things she's done. Yeah. So it's a, it's an enjoyable take on, you know, uh, on, on card games, really. So he's pretty decent. He's got, Great use! I thought really good use of visuals. Even a bit slightly stereotypical characters. They're amusing though. The game plays itself. Plays a decent game of cards. I was playing this for a while and actually enjoying myself because it just felt like a. I, I like poker. It don't bother me. I like blackjack. It's okay. Blackjack's a bit look based, but you know poker's a bit better. And the versions of poker that are there, they're all present and correct that I could make out. So yeah, it all seemed good and worked. And the presentation throughout is top notch. It's nice and simple. Little sayings the players make. They're amusing. The only thing I did think I wasn't sure that you know it's another multi load. It's a little egregious. It seems to be going back and forth and back and forth. So it's a bit of weight. You know, know there's a fast loader on it, which is good. But even so, I'm not quite sure it needed quite so much loading. I don't know. Maybe there's loads and loads of poker algorithms running in the background.
0: American disk-based game that's come across the Atlanta They just don't care,
1: do they? It's just like, no, this section will load separately. They don't try and optimize to fit in 64K. They just make it on disk. Absolutely. So it's, it's odd that you can play against... I find it weird that you can play against Gorbachev, Reagan, and Thatcher, if I'm perfectly honest. That's like a weird choice. Strange. It's like, just just have more different weird characters, you know, around yeah. the world or whatever, I don't know, but hey, you know, it's the 80s, so I can get it. It still suffers a little bit from what was said about these kind of games. be a little bit pointless, though, which with old yeah. virtual gambling games. I know points go up, points go down, and stuff. but there's... It's, I don't know, when you're trying to sort of simulate a real world game of actually making money, I don't know, it always is a bit weird. But this is a better version of all that. It's amusing to watch. And as you've rightly said, especially the massive arms of the dealers, which made me laugh loads whenever they came sort of singing out. I of just thinking of uh, Robocop and uh, Ronnie Cox at the end, um, things like that. But yeah, the, it's, it's, it's all right, this. Um, I'm not quite sure it was worth 87%. I think that was a t- touch generous, if I'm honest, um, especially for a tenor. I don't know. 70s would have been where i'd have put it but that's just me i think what about yeah anything else do you think would you have given it 87
0: percent? i think it's a bit high actually i do as well um i wouldn't have given it that high i'd have put it more in the sort of 60s somewhere i think yeah i
1: think that's me same as me there we go that's card sharks it's decent enough it's all right but it's it depends whether you like computer poker i guess anything better to do whatever anyway there you go let's move along i'm sure the next one's ace So it's a budget title. This is Rockford. This caught me completely by surprise. I'd never heard of this. I didn't even know this existed. No, I not heard of this one. Never heard it. Budget Boulder Dash. Okay? And I don't understand it. It's, for some reason, I cannot fathom. This release has left me feeling unclean and bewildered. So according to the back of the box, this is the only true arcade version of the classic game Boulder Dash. So as much as I could make out, this is a conversion of an Amiga-powered arcade game that is based on the classic C64 game Boulder Dash. Um... And it also says that this is the ultimate game wear challenge. Yeah. Um, And also it says at the bottom that there was an extra free Mm -hmm. game that came with it called back to reality, which was a crest, a quest across two universes to save the earth from becoming a black hole. I have no idea what's going on with this. I just don't understand what this is, where it came from or why anybody felt this was a good idea. Cause they've made Boulder Dash worse in every single way possible that you could possibly make Boulder Dash worse. So the producer of this was Icon Design and the music is by Jason C. Brook. And you know, it's a really shit Boulder Dash thing. It starts badly with a really plain title screen that has a raster glitch on it. Like, why has it got a raster glitch above the text? What's going on here? It's not good. I'm not sure why this it's just text on a black and a horrible scrolling one of the things at the bottom. It's just awful. But that shouldn't have a click No, this doesn't bode well. Um, pressing fire starts the game. Your eyes are immediately assaulted by a horrible, garish level of boulder dash. It all seems there, but the walls are parrots, the gems are smiley faces, and the boulders and dirt are a horrible colour selection. You're also now one of five characters that you play in this game. You're know, lo- no longer a termite. No, now you play as a cowboy, a spaceman, a doctor, a chef, and a hunter. And I think you're a hunter in the opening levels, and I don't understand why these other characters are there. How often do doctors and chefs go digging through dirt to find objects what well, makes no logical sense no. you know very little sense the the idea of a termite digging through dirt to find diamonds it had a certain sense to it termites dig through dirt and you're looking for precious gems and whatever and the fireflies and everything it kind of worked this is none and it's only one of the elements that is worse here the animated smiley faces are ugly the creatures like the easy to read elements of the fireflies and the butterflies of the original so it's really hard to make anything out because it's all the same color um it's just this horrible orangey yellow nightmare the constant music is annoying and the sound effects are not as good either There's not one element of this that's comparable to the original, the sequel, the third one set in space. And let's not forget, we haven't even mentioned the construction kit, which allowed you to make your own standalone levels. So I don't understand the point of this in any way. I don't know what happened. Why someone made this for the Amiga, ported it to an arcade, or powered an Amiga via that? What is this? I don't understand. And then thought, oh, we'll just release it back onto the C64 at a budget price. No, no, don't do that. I'm not bothering describing the gameplay because it's, it's, it is Boulder Dash, okay? So you run through dirt, you collect enough of something to open the exit and try not to get crushed by things. That's still there, but it's wrong. It feels wrong. It's wrong how you push stuff. It's, it doesn't feel right. The, the physics aren't as good. I don't, it's, it's all wrong. I'm sure the original must be out on budget by now. I mean, it came out, what, 1984, Boulder Dash? It's, it's old, isn't it? It's old, 94, 85. It's well old. Yeah, it's one of it's the old, old, so, old ones, isn't so it? it? So it's clearly out on budget by this point. Oh, the... You know, if you want unlimited bolderdash, get the construction kit. Don't know why anyone thought this was a good idea. I've said that already, but it still holds true. Utter crap and a stain on the name of bolderdash, which this is clearly playing on. Because you're not Rockford anymore. They've even called it Rockford, but you're a chef or a cowboy. No, Rockford's a termite.
0: He is, which makes sense in the game we're doing. That yeah,
1: it's in the pages of Zap. It's got thirty-one percent. I don't know how it got that high. Maybe because it's it, it vaguely bolderdash. But it, I yeah, I was affronted by this. I was like. What was what the hell was this? The first time I tried it, I must have flicked it onto another level or something because it was some horrible nightmare where you had water coming out and flames and you had to sort of line them up or something. Some of the later levels, it got really weird, but they moved at like about, you know, once every two seconds in like this really unpleasant manner. It was all crap. This was garbage. I hated it. What about you?
0: Same. Confusing mess, isn't it, this? Does anyone even know why it was even made, really? No, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't find anything on it. It's a Boulder Dash game that feels like a bad parody of the actual Boulder Dash game, which, by the way, is a better than this in all of its variants. B works better and scrolls better, and C has better graphics generally. Yeah. So the notion of Boulder Dash is a very simple thing, and this is apparently some kind of conversion of an arcade. Apparently, did you say or something? Yeah, an arcade. So. Idea, yeah, something powered what, by what? powered uh, by the Amiga. Eh? Uh, uh, uh. I mean, did no one stop to ask what on earth the purpose of this was at any point? Nope. And somebody go. Wait a minute. Why, why are we doing this again? Oh God. Yeah. Why are we doing it? It should have stopped at that point, but it didn't, did it? No, it didn't. Three quid. I mean, if you've got, you've probably got the original by now, or you possibly got the construction kit. Both of which render this budget pretender pointless anyway. Utterly stupid. A D make is not a good thing. No. And this is a bad D make. So no matter what the price, no. Three quid is too much for this D make. Get lost. You, <laughs> you bastardize the name of Bald Dash, and I don't take kindly to that.
1: No, neither do I. It's one of the C64 classics. And you yes,
0: it is. Shat upon it. You have you've done a great big massive shit on it. <laughs> don't like I'm, that.
1: I'm guessing we didn't like this then. No. No. no we did not. We did not. Let's move no. on quickly. Let's dig our way out of that turd uh, and move on to our last couple of games.
0: Graham, ATF. Tell us about ATF. Oh, this was a bit of an odd quirky thing, wasn't it? This, Mm, the advanced tactical fighter, the ATF. um, You basically are in the control of a Lockheed YF-22A advanced tactical fighter, otherwise known as the F-22 Raptor to you and me. So in this game, there's some kind of war. just there's a war between you know values and goodies you know who cares it's just there's this battle going on and your mission in this is to fly a various sorties on a quest to blow up enemy bases essentially so it's a bit of an odd thing this because it's it's i think what it wants to be is a third person sort of action shooting flying shooting game and it kind of is but it also they've tried to sort of hoy in elements of simulation in it and because it's got those things in it a little bit, it sort of misses the mark a little. There's some really mm. clever technical stuff in this, but it does miss the mark. So you actually work your way through. So you obviously you got a. The idea is you have got to fly your stealth bomber, for want of a better description, your F twenty two, take it out of various different targets. Each each level, for want of a better description of what it is, consists of enemy bases, and those enemy bases are strewn across a generated map, which you are presented with when you first start the game. So when you start the game, you're presented with the map and where the bases are. And you've obviously, the idea is you've got to fly, fly to them and shoot them and protect them now and take the bases out. And obviously things along the way that will come at you, shoot them as well. So the attack, the installations of the enemy, try and avoid the comms bases, but, you know, blow everything up Find find things and blow them up on the map. And so that's kind of how you do it. That's kind of, then you've got different weapons at your disposal, which is there's three types of weapon, I think there's. Maverick missiles, there's and so there's air to ground missiles, air to air missiles, and machine guns. And when you first get past the um, the opening sort of section of click on it, you've got, first off you get your map view. Um, and then you'll get your kind of view of um the war what they call it the war report, which gives you an idea of the status of things, which makes me laugh actually, because it's like it's really it's like the colour key, allied, green, enemy, red, and then it's just these sort of bar chart of <laughs> and it's just pointless it's a pointless thing it's i mean as you go through the game you get that back and obviously the status of things changes but it all starts 50-50 so they've got 50 they've, they've got 50 tanks you've got 50 tanks They've got 50 radars. You've got 50 radars, you know, and it's like that. Mm-hmm. All right, you get that. So you see the status report. You then have the um, ordnance. So at this point, you, you go to a third screen where you then have to load it with your cannon. It's cannon magazine, so your weaponry, um, your missiles and your different kind of missiles and fuel. You've actually got a weight, a free weight to start off with. So as you add more fuel and missiles and weaponry and so on, so your weight Uh, increases, uh, which means you're going to use more fuel as you fly. So you've got to think about the the balance of that, because you do have to fly around in this game quite a lot. So you've got to think a little bit about tactics you're going to use and everything else, fair enough. So once you've loaded your plane with what you think is the sufficient ammo, you'll be presented with the start screen. Now, this is a bit weird, I found. This is clearly a game that's been brought out on other platforms, and I think the Spectrum version, I don't know if that's probably the same thing, but the colourless version, but here you get this... Medium res sort of screen. So let's just, if you go from sort of left to right, the main game window is kind of a, um, it's a, you've got the, the classic green for ground, you've got an aeroplane sprite, um, but you have this kind of sort of weird, um, It's kind of a grid view of the ground, but it's sort of, it's, it's, I can't try I'm trying to explain what it looks like, but aside from the sort of tower blocky graphics and other graphics in the game when you're flying, because this game you fly, you actually fly quite close to the ground. It's not like you take off into the middle of the air in the sky and you're flying around. You actually fly quite low to the ground. Um, And the ground sort of zooms towards you in this kind of grid type view. It's quite clever how it does it. And the bumps and the valleys and the sort of the hills and the valleys of the ground uh, are, are presented to you by the the grid changing the, the height. So I'm I, I can I trying to think of the best way to describe it, but think of a grid that you're looking at in a kind of a 3D perspective from the back of the airplane as it flies towards you. And if if the ground is flat, then it's a complete grid. It's a complete flat grid. But if you get hills and bumps, then you obviously get peaks in some of the points and some of yeah, the, yeah. the vertices of the map. I guess that's the best way I can describe it. And So you fly your sprite around this map at a rate of knots, actually. It does feel like you're going pretty damn fast as you're flying around. And um, you've got a heads-up display in there, which gives you a thrust and your speed. It gives you, a, you know, the old the altitude that you're flying at and all that kind of stuff and obviously your direction. And you've also, on the right-hand side, got your score and your map, which mm-hmm. on the map, you get these little black dots and that's can just generally fly towards the dots and shoot anything that comes in your way or run into it, which is something I'll come into in a moment. Then um, You've obviously got a finite amount of weapons and a finite amount of fuel. So, and you will get a radar lock on you and so you can fire different um, weapons to sort of, I think, it, what they call it, is it chaff? Um, mm-hmm, but you can mm-hmm. launch kind of a chaff, a chaff to sort of, and you can also jam incoming missiles if you get some, surface-to-ear missiles. You've got about three or four seconds to press the J key. This is actually controlled mostly by joystick, but there are a couple of keyboard commands. So um, you'll press Q to up your thrust, A to down thrust. Um, You can obviously control the flight with the joystick. And then you've got a few other things, launch missile is M. So you've got a few sort of standard key commands in here as well, which is where the sort of um, simulationary part comes in. Pressing T to just auto-fly across the ground. Yeah, it follows the the ground, doesn't it? It follows the terrain. So that is quite nice. The way the game plays in terms of the, the sort of shooty part, it's quite, it's fine. It actually feels quite like a decent shooter, albeit that you never really get that high into the air, which for an airplane seems weird considering, compared to GB Rally where, This is, this feels, this feels more, it's it's like a really weird, really weird thing to say, but it feels like this is almost like a, this, this would have maybe worked better if this had been a car just racing along the ground in that kind of way. And I don't know, it's really weird. Mm. Um, But anyway, so they've gone for a kind of a, I guess you'd call it a, I wouldn't say shooter, but an action simulation. I don't know. Zap came up with a word for it in the review. I forget what they called it now. But, but they basically said in their review that it doesn't quite contain enough of the crossover parts to really make it worthwhile. There's a couple of things in it. So you'd be flying around this shooting at things. So it becomes kind of a shoot up 3D up using that kind of um, vertices-based scrolling towards you so where the landscape comes. And that does kind of work, albeit that the, the delineation between sand and grass is just a line. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's, it's a, yeah. everything's carved out into very finite lines in this. And so when you get to the sea, it's like blue line comes to green line, comes to yellow line. But all right, that's a limitation. But it still maintains the speed. Problem I had rarely is that you, obviously you can crash in this if you hit the ground, but you know you, there's no reason why you would want to do that. It's actually you just have to aim your airplane at the ground. But I found that the enemies are quite easy to shoot at; they're a bit dumb, and they also you can just fly into them, which was weird. Yeah, so you can accidentally clip them, and in most of these games, you're going to go tumbling to the ground in a you know plume of smoke. In this, no, you know you've got a fairly robust airplane that could just smash its way through anything in the sky, which is a bit weird. Yeah, but that's <laughs> that's the it's kind of a strange thing to put in a game like this. So. Obviously you've got to fly the missions and if you don't, if you crash the crash or you get, you know, you run out of fuel, you get shot down or you get blown up too many times when you're going to crash. And that's the end of you and you're going to get a mission over. You'll get your total score and then you'll get a rundown of, you know, how much of the defense and how many weapons you had left. and You get some stats and everything else and how many planes you had. Then you get your kind of war report, which gives you, which made me laugh loads. Did you see, did you play it When You got the war report, the gains I did and not, losses. no,
1: I didn't get actually that far.
0: Oh, it made me laugh loads. Uh, I got, you know, my, my performance was never good in this. <laughs> Which is odd because I thought I'd done really well. At one point, I was blown up their bases. I was launching missiles. I was flying through the air. I was doing really good. Parts of this are a bit weird. Like when you first start the game, you used to start on a grid. There's no runway. You are just on a grid. Oh, on a grid. Yeah. And it's like I think it could have just done with a little bit more thought about that bit. And I think why don't you just start them in the air? Why this takeoff and landing mm-hmm. malarkey? We've said it many times anyway. So there's parts of this I quite liked. Um, I liked some of the. I liked some of the simplicity of the approach. So I think it's, you know, it's, yes, you choose your weapons in your game, go. no There's, there's no denying that's what it is. And when you're flying it, it had, it had a nice sense of almost Skyfox um, type flying in the sense that you're flying your thing around. It's quite fast. There's things zooming towards you and you're just shooting at them and, you, and more often than not, you'll shoot them out the sky quite quickly. The dogfights mm-hmm. in it aren't really dogfights because you don't get more than about 70 feet from the ground. So it's not that like you can fly up into the air and zoom around and get behind them. You kind of, they're just kind of doggedly, annoyingly get in the way and you just have to <laughs> yes. sort of, Zoom, get thrust out the way to the right, slow down, turn around, and then thrust back to where you were, so you're facing them. So <laughs> that's like dance, that's some weird dance. Thrust, down, turn <laughs> thrust around, to the around, <laughs> Thrust to the right. Um, so uh, it, what does it all add up to? Well, um, I thought the graphics in this, the graphic technique is clever. Um, I quite like that idea of having that kind of grid and that kind of almost ve- not vector because it's not vectors, but that it, it plays out well to make the ground. To give you an idea of where you are on the ground, it works a lot better than not giving you any idea, GB Air Alley. So you get an idea of where you are in the game. Yeah, yeah. And you do get to the places where you need to be quite quickly, perhaps too quickly. I don't know how fast these airplanes can go, but I turboed across the island in about two minutes. So, But at the same time, that keeps the action action good. But when it gets to the action, it drops its simulation to be more like an arcade, like Afterburner type arcade. And so because because Mm. it goes like Afterburner, you sort of, it changes the way you're playing it. So you think, okay, I'm playing an Afterburner set game. So I'm just shooting everything, ramming the airplanes out the sky and everything else. And all of a sudden it's dead. And it's like, um, these are the parameters of our game and the simulation. It's like, well, I wasn't playing a simulation. I thought I was just playing an arcade. So it, it doesn't quite know where it's heart is. Um, but graphically this was coded by somebody called Neil Coxhead. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I can't help but (laughs) chuckle at the name. Sorry. Sorry, Neil. I can't help it. Child. (laughs) I can't help it. Neil Coxhead, um, especially at the conversation we've had earlier um, and <laughs> <laughs> graphics were by Anthony West. It was by some an outfit called, or produced by Digital Integration for all formats. And and I quite I quite liked what it had to offer. I just think it got confused about what it what it wanted to be, and it kind of tried to lean too much into the arcade style without without just making it that. If it had just made it that without all of the complicated keys and other commands, I mean, not there's not loads of them, but just make it more about that, and I think it would have worked a bit better. It got 60% in Zap, and I can sort of see why, because it's just not quite enough of, it's not. It's a bit too easy and a bit too daft in its logic to be really serious. And if you could just take off a bit higher, it would not have to be loads higher, but it, just, it would have made it feel a bit more like you were actually flying a airplane as opposed to skimming the ground in a giant, you know, aero frisbee. But I had fun with it while I played it. It was never, I've never heard of it. I mean, I'd never heard of this game before in my life, but I gave it a shot and I thought, Do you know what? If you're going to do one, do it like this. It was similar to another game we played, where but it was like a mini... It might have been the Afterburner, actually. Well, I think it might have been. I don't know if we've had Afterburner yet, though.
1: No, we haven't. Are you thinking of um, Skyrunner?
0: Yeah, it reminded me of Skyrunner. And there was another one where you skimmed across the ground as well. Is that Skyrunner? Maybe? That, it reminded me of that. Was that Stealth? Stealth, that's it. And they, they, weren't, they weren't terrible in the way that they played, but we said the same thing at this... The mileage is limited on this. No matter how many enemy types you put in, how many bases you've got to get to, um, it just all feels a little bit... And I, I'm convinced that you would never have enough fuel to finish these missions. I think that's a secret thing. Yeah, um, because I I ran out of fuel halfway around. I'm thinking, hang on a minute. Can you not land and refuel? I'd
1: never do it. I don't know if you could. I'd,
0: I'd, maybe I never did, but that's probably the way to do it, is actually to do that. Maybe <laughs> yeah. I didn't bother. <laughs> that's um, the way we
1: do it in the real world. It's like, oh, yeah. my car, because I can't move my car anymore. <laughs> have you refueled it? Oh, That's a really good that?
0: example, though. That's a really good example of the kind of confused logic in this game. In the yeah, in an arcade know, game I like what what in Afterburner, you wouldn't do that. You just got no. blasting stuff and it's for blasting. Yeah. But all of a sudden I've got to land the airplane and refuel my, like, Hang on a minute. Um, no. So, it's, some, uh, so it's, it's a bit odd. like Ace. Where Ace had that yeah. refueling and stuff. So yeah, yeah. yeah. If, and they could have added that, but you need to be in the air for that. <laughs> it's dangerous to refill an airplane three feet from the ground. I mean, that's that's dangerous. <laughs> that's true. That is true. But so, what about you? What do you think of it all?
1: Well, it, this reminded me. Do you remember? Is it Zarch or Virus on the Amiga? That, kind VG, of you remember that. Where that sort of so the, the landscape sort of scrolled and it was all black but it had like a square of landscape that was made up of grids and went up and down and you were that craft that aimed down and shot stuff oh God, I oh god if while i'm saying this have a, just have a look for a screenshot of zarch or virus on the amiga you'll know the, what i mean um and it just reminded me a little bit of that because it's got that it's got an interesting display and some very good technical aspects do you know what i
0: mean do you know what i mean uh, yeah i know what you, we, i'm looking at it now yeah i know which one you mean now yeah, uh, it's, yeah kind of, it's it's similar it's got that kind of that kind of low camera angle. Flying. it's higher up yes it's
1: you can higher, go higher up, up but, yeah but it's got that low level landscape that sort of undulates and moves yes and, i mean this yes. is a c64 version but this kind of reminded yeah. me a little bit of that so it's got yeah. some good technical aspects to this but it's let mm. down by it the strange way it displays the world it never felt like you were turning
0: no which is the main it thing you have two feet off the ground
1: well, it's not just two feet off the ground, it's that the grid always goes straight. So <laughs> you don't ever feel like you're actually turning. It feels like you're kind of just skidding around somewhere. It just feels odd. The center 3D is good, though, and I like the sort of tracking along and the fact that you you know, that kind of stuff. And it's fast and that's some nice bits. It did remind me of that as that Skyrunner as well. But. You're right. It's a, it's a weird combo, and I've name-checked it as well. There didn't seem to be enough depth to this to justify that all the sort of the simulatory elements to it, there just wasn't enough for the other bit. It either was Like you said, it's it's in some middle ground of neither one nor the other. I think with this, if there'd have been better going out for an all-out arcade style, and I've written Afterburner Blaster... Because I think the visual, yeah. the, the game engine is good. And when stuff's coming at you, there's a, there's, there's,
0: you could have done waves. Mm, it's fast, space it's area nice. not junky, really. It's nice. Yeah.
1: You, if you full screened this a bit, or even just tried to get it, you, know, you could have done a decent sort of afterburnery type blaster here rather than what we have here and just kind of full on arcade shooting, sort of, I mean, it's space area type thing, anything that engine could have done this quite well i think cuz there's some nice sprite scaling going on so yeah it's a good technical foundation to this but it just feels wrong somehow it just didn't feel right and i don't i didn't like the fact that the world didn't turn just the map did or you sort of turned on the map it looked weird and like i said everything's based on a grid so i was suddenly over the sea I'm like okay it's not a terrible game this but i think it's somewhat misguided when it comes down to it this could have there's a good technical base here that could have been made into a much more fun experience if they are nailed either double down on one thing and I think those arcadey aspects of where of the direction they should have gone here um, yeah but, I agree but that's just you know that's just me probably to want another arcade game and not a bloody other te- technical simulation because C64 doesn't do yeah. technical simulations very well you know this no. this could have been a good arcadey 3D blaster but it's weirdly somewhere in the middle not know.
0: to be no
1: not to be here we go that's ATF we've got one more coming up so let's move along and let's cover that is another arcade conversion this is rolling thunder rolling thunder i forgot to put i actually uh ported this no i didn't i've got it here the latest in a long line of arcade ports is here in the form of the oddly designed and looking rolling thunder from namco uh the c64 port was done by tier never heard him, but they will go on to do the conversion of street fighter which i'd remember being not particularly good oh uh and this was published by us gold According to the back of the C64 release, Rolling Thunder introduces intrigue and heroism in an intense action game. A secret society is plotting to conquer the world. The Rolling Thunder Undercover Police organisation is assigned to expose this conspiracy. Top agent, codename... Albatross is sent to the enemy headquarters to complete the mission and free the allies held hostage. So, in the arcade, uh, this ran on the Namco System 86 hardware because it was released in 1986. I couldn't find who actually designed it, it's just in house Namco. There's no one sort of scientist that I could see. In the main story in the arcade, and partly in this as well, you are tasked with saving Layla from the evil organization Geldra, which is run by the elusive Mabu, um, who has designed on taking over actually. the world. It's a plot. <laughs> You know, It'll it's do. a plot there you go Let's leave it there so this is a left to right platform shooter where you make your way through two acts of five levels in order to get to Mabu take him out and rescue Layla uh, you play as Albatross you can walk and jump and fire your gun essentially you can also leap to the platforms above by holding fire and pressing up and whilst on those pressing up pressing up and fire again makes you jump back down to the lower level you don't know how long I was pressing down and fire <laughs> because that seemed like the logical one I was just ducking and shoot logic yeah why would i push up again just to make any sense once i figured out i was like okay got to press up and jump again um so that's this the levels themselves are usually made of the two levels so they've got the two you know two height levels although some of these will see you going higher than that as you navigate your way over crates and boxes before making your way back down again uh so if there's anything above you you can always jump on it just hold up and fire you just tap up and fire there, there are also numerous doors in each level and it's from these that your hooded enemies appear so there's, there, these are hooded enemies so this game is kind of weird um, in the way it sort of starts and the way it looks there's the I always thought the arcade game had a really unique visual style. there's nothing else I thought that really looked like this or felt like this It's kind of really colorful, but you're being sort of attacked by what look like members of the Klu Klux Klan just in multicolored get ups so they've got these big pointy hoods they've all got these weird outfits on and it's very strange and and they and they' in the on the title screen Geldra would walk well Mabu sorry would walk on and they would all like you know, Heil Hitler him. It's all very strange. Now to this game's credit, for the title screen of this, it does replicate where I see, we've seen before with loads of arcade conversions that don't really have a lot to that title screen. This has that as its title screen. So it has Maboo stood there and the three, three sort of hooded guys are there and they all sort of salute him. It keeps doing that and on a loop, but you know it's the title screen from the arcade. So fair play, they've actually fitted a lot in this, uh, and they've kept that sort of you know arcade feel. Because I remember what we saw with the Carry Warriors a few weeks back, um, where it had the sort of plane landing and stuff like that. So yes, so you can jump, you can jump around, you play the levels, um, and these hooded enemies, these ones you see on the front screen, they're the ones that will be your your enemies for most of the game, really. Uh, these enemies come in three colours. There are the ones in purple. They take one hit to kill from your from your gun there are yellow ones they take two hits and white ones which take three if you hit them the yellow ones they bounce back and then you have to shoot them again the white ones will bounce back twice and you've got to shoot them three times there's a later level which uh there's a lava level (laughs) don't ask. I don't know why there's a lava level in this. But then in that level, there are strange floating fire sprites to contend with as well. But I think that's pretty much the only derivative sort of different, um, different enemy. The most part, it's the three colored enemies will be what you're facing. These enemies, they can come on from either side of the screen, and they can also walk out of the doors that I mentioned. They can shoot their guns at you as well. They get in your face, and they also, some of them, throw bombs from the upper level to the lower level as well. Any contact with their bullets, their fists, or the explosions will take one of your five lives away and should you lose them all it is game over. The whole point of this is to make it through all ten levels with your five lives um, and kill Maboo at the very end and so that's what you got to do. Some of the doors um, in the level uh, they also have a gun symbol next to them and if you push up in front of them you will sa- you'll saunter in Quite casually, I like the saunter animation. And this is like, doo-doo-doo. I'm just wandering in to get some bullets, and you get some more bullets. So that's quite nice. Because uh, if you don't, then because you've only got finite amount of bullets at your disposal. Um, if you manage to make it to the end of a level, you'll be congratulated. You'll be get a, a point bonus for how much time you have got left before you move on to the next level. Complete the first five, uh, and it's weird. You then have to repeat them all. It's just odd. Oh, there are only actual five individual levels in this. You just have to go through them twice. It's only at the end of the tenth level that you get to Mabu. And then that's when you can kill him. So in that respect, this is very similar to the arcade game. All the levels are present and the, level, the the arcade game has 10 levels as well. you run through them both twice. The different levels are there. The fire sprites are there. The warehouse, you know, th- it's all here. So in that respect, it's pretty good. The levels are similarly designed. The ability to get better bullets for your machine gun is there too. Um, so you've got these machine gun bullets although there's no graphic change to see you shooting it rather than your pistol which is a bit disappointing and you fight like in the arcade you get your machine gun out and when you run out bullets go to your pistol you don't hit it, it's still firing from your pistol the visual layout of this the action in the game takes place on just over the half of the top of the screen and it does it does feel a bit squashed the rest of the screen is the ui at the bottom and that shows a massive logo we've got another big logo on screen here uh while on the right Quite basically, you've got your score, your number of bullets, the number of MG bullets, which is the machine gun bullets, the time left to complete the level, and the number of lives you've got left. The graphics at the top—they're kind of what you'd call kung fu master blocky. I think they're in that similar sort of vein because the big the thing yeah. with the, the thing with the arcade game is this is really it's a tall game. All the sprites are dead tall. Everything's lanky and tall and thin. Now that's not something the C sixty four does very well. So, what we have here is, I think, I'm not sure if they're expanded sprites, but they're chunky, but they're big and they're but to their credit, they're quite, they're okay animated and they do reminiscently look like the arcade. So, they are, this does look like a C64 version of Rolling Thunder. So, that's not too bad. So, yeah, it's all right. The scrolling is smooth, I found. There's no glitches or bugs that I found everything worked the animation is reminiscent of the arcade game and the enemies do look kind of similar as i said as a fully featured version of rolling thunder that i could think and i quite quite a lot of rolling thunder this is not too bad but it's not without its issues and the first one is the speed at which it runs at it's a lot slower than the arcade it's not the slowest of the 8-bit versions i watched a, i watched a video of the Arca- uh, the amstrad version and that's even slower than this uh, I didn't bother with the Spectrum version, but yeah, I, th- I think this is probably the, maybe the fastest lot. I don't know. And the low monotonous tune will have your eyes closing and your mouth yawning in no time. For some strange reason, the speed of this and that tune, it feels quite somnambulistic. It just makes you want to go to sleep. It's like playing underwater or in a dream. It's really weird. <laughs> it's like playing. This is like... like... Okay, this is nice. Just relaxing. It's like drifting off. Was dead um it's odd it's really strange but it's not unplayable what is more tricky though is the what they've done with the enemies who will appear and shoot at you almost immediately um so they'll come outdoors and shoot and the bullets and the reaction because it's slow you don't always have your you can it's kind of almost a similar problem we had it's not as bad but that time fighter what we had last week where that you can be shooting and the animation switch to go to duck is not fast enough it's not doesn't react quick enough so you'll get hit more than you think you should do and one hit kills you so you know you'll lose lives quickly so they'll shoot you really quickly and they don't act that way in the arcade game so in the arcade game they, they'll be a lot more forgiving they don't quite start shooting at you until quite far on into the first level in the arcade game and when they do shoot they've got quite a wind up in their in their sort of animation so you can see it here it's just they walk out and that like, back and they're instantly shooting it's kind of what we saw in In those, uh, I think in that really early mission elevator, similar sort of thing where enemies would just come out of doors and shoot. So it shares a lot of sort of commonality to that. To this does to that game. So yeah, the snappiness of the arcade game um, has been. It's been all but lost here, which is a bit of a downer. Couple that with the fact that the strongest enemies appear from the get-go. I often had three guys in the white uniform appear immediately upon starting. That shouldn't happen. I know the arcade game quite well. You get the easy-coloured guys, first of all, the purple guys, to shoot once. You don't start off with the hardest guys just appearing immediately, jumping at you, trying to kill you, and you've got to waste loads of bullets trying to take them out that dumps through and so it shows that the, the i think the random generator of enemies in this has not been tuned correctly and as noted they'll instantly fire upon you meaning that you spend probably more time in this crouch down waiting to take people out because they never crouch and fire so you can just crouch under the bullets it's just getting to that crouch state so you spend a lot of time crouching flicking back and forth trying to shoot people than you do moving around more than you do in the arcade game so that's a bit of an issue so those are my main issues is it's the speed and the enemy sort of tuning i think is a bit off however however if you get into the mood of this and alter your play accordingly uh, because i went into this playing as i would the arcade game and i was dead in seconds due to the slower nature of this you'd have to sort of dial back your speed and and play it as it wants you to play it there is a bit of enjoyment to be had the shame here is that it's lost all that crazy over the top in your face colorful weirdness of the arcade game and it's a shame really as this felt like one of the stranger titles out there and this it does feel like a dull the the graphics are not bright they could have been a bit bright and a bit more in your face but they're not it feels like a dull dreamlike version of that arcade game it's not terrible but it's it's lost a bit of its oomph and that funniness that weirdness and that kookiness that that the arcade game always had that always used to draw me to it in the arcade um and i would like the music to it it just needs to be sped up and i think you'd have had a much more enjoyable game here but it's not terrible it's certainly better than gunsmoke the other arcade game you saw in this and as arcade ports go I think probably, maybe one of the better ones, you know it's it's middle to it's above middle tier, I'd say, so I quite enjoyed this. I didn't mind it once I got into it, I thought it was okay, it got seventy six percent. Maybe a little high,
0: especially at tenor, but not too much. I want to be too egregious to about. What about you? Uh, I've got to be honest. Really, I never really liked Rolling Thunder in the Arcade that much. That's fair enough. I just and I never it never really appealed to me. Um, it's quirky. I do get that, and it just never really grabbed my attention. I played it a few times when I've been at the um, arcade club, and it's always kind of I've always kind of wanted to like it more than I do. I get that it it is odd. It's really (laughs) weird. It it is weird. I mean, it is dead tall. Yeah. um, And everyone's kind of thin and lanky in it, like you say. And you are, you know, fighting the rainbow version of the kkk-ness of a sort and that, you know there's weirdness to it um and it's kind of a throwback to kind of a couple of things actually which i'll come to in it in terms of where it might have got some of that inspiration from a bit but so the c64 version it's just it's for me it was both it was underwhelming but that's partly the arcade and partly because this is just the arcade in kind of blockier trousers but it is all of the arcade in blocky trousers in a single load. Yeah, which isn't so bad. Yeah. I couldn't escape the notion that there isn't much to it, but there isn't much to it. It's a, it's an odd arcade and the conversion that's come out of it is a blocky odd arcade conversion. It's a bit weird. The <laughs> mm-hmm. way you jump around things is similar to the arcade, but not quite as obviously well as animated and well realized, but it's still in there. Jumping up and down is quite weird and the weird way of, a weird, it's a weird dynamic it's the way you used to be able to in the arcade you can have, it sort of hops over the metal railings doesn't it and stuff yeah. like that and it's really strange so it just feels a bit because of the speed of the C64 version it makes a game that is not lacklustre and feel and wrote lacklustre and wrote yeah because it feels slower than it should be I mean the arcade is quite fast in the way it plays and because of that you know you're, you're shooting ducking and running and jumping up and down and, and all those things but it is a really old really odd thing isn't it it gave me a i don't know if you remember the tv show get smart well it's i mean this is set in 1960 so yeah, the actual game makes, is set yeah. in that
1: 1960. yeah get smart our man flynn
0: yeah because the music's very much like get smart and Arman yeah. Flynn. it's that kind of vibe and, it, and i suppose it's kind of got the batman that kind of color scheme that not batman yeah. color scheme but you know what i mean that kind of color sort of really vibrant colors. And and that's quite good. The C64 sort of carries that off a bit because the C64 can be vibrant when it chooses to be. And I thought that some of the arca- animations were all right, actually, yeah. for what they were. There's the, there's the husk of the game in here, in the 64 version, as it were. And it's not terrible, terrible. I just didn't really get on with the original that much. So for me, it was a bit ploddy, but the main killer for it, when I went to look at the arcade as well, to see exactly how close it was, was the speed. Because the speed is critical to this game, Mm. it seemed. I mean, I remember playing it thinking, actually, that's the one thing, that's what I remembered about it, was that when you're walking along shooting, you know, there's there's a good sense of pace to this, whereas here it's just kind of dragging its feet and everything's a bit boring and a bit slow and... Can you imagine if you're watching a James Bond movie and they all talked a bit like that? And, Are you okay, James? Yeah, I'm fine. It's been a real rough day today, though. <laughs> you sound like you're
1: doing Thomas the Tank Engine.
0: All <laughs> <You're> right, Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> it could be Rolling Thunder. It could be the name of the new engine that's turned up. Who's this that's turned up? <laughs> Who's this? The Fat Controller said to James Bond. <laughs> um, no one you need to worry about said James as he brutally hit him with a stick <laughs> um, Thomas exclaimed oof. Um, oof no what am I doing um, so it's Percy closed his it eyes just... and winced <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's just not very interesting at this speed uh, if it had been yeah. a bit faster you might have got away with it but it doesn't quite and because the uh, it's an average odd game it comes out as a slow average odd game which is just not the right side of the gameplay yeah. curve I want to be on so it got seventy six percent, didn't it, Inzag? Which I suppose that's actually a little bit generous, maybe for a full price game. But it, it is the arcade. I mean, you can't get away from that. You know, when we've been, everything's in there. They haven't skipped you know, three of the levels because no. for convenience' sake, it's all there. Yeah. It's just it was what is weird is weird. Um, Some of the things that they have. They have excised and they have cut out in the arcade game.
1: When you get to the end of the level, the big blue screen. You get the bit. You get you get like a cutscene to the big blue screen when the you know in their control room. And in the arcade game, as you progress, Layla, uh, there's images of her being tortured in more egregious ways. Like she's quite weird. Like there's one she's sort of strung because at the end of the arcade game, she's like almost sort of crucified up on the wall, um, which is kind of a bit strange. And as you get through the levels, it's like once she's been electrocuted, she looks in pain, she's close with her face, but ah, and stuff like that. But they're quite, you know, well-drawn graphic, visual graphics they're close-ups. So that, that, that's that been cut out, uh, probably due to memory thing, but kind of looking back at now, it's like actually works a bit better because it has. But yeah, so that was, that was kind of a bit weird when I actually looked through the arcade game. And I did, I went back and played, I played it on MAME, so I had a g- crack on MAME, um, just to remind myself of the speed of it and everything. And it, and it is. And what I did was I stuck the uh, emulator on to... Uh, 60 hertz, just to see if sticking up to 60 hertz. It did feel better to play, but the problem was it, it it just exacerbated that fact to the fact that as soon as enemies appeared, they were shooting at you and you didn't have time to react. So, there. There's the, there's the, it's almost there. If they sped up yeah. and toned the enemies down a bit and the shooting, you'd have a good, yeah. they'd have a solid Rolling Thunder conversion here.
0: Like I said, the husk is there. Yeah. But just not enough. It's just not enough, so... It's a shame, really. Um, I think it might have benefited from just having a bit of a think about how they were going to present that in what way. But mm. I think they just did what they did.
1: Yeah, some of the backgrounds, are, some of the backgrounds are quite nice.
0: I mean, yeah, the, they, they look, it looks kind of like the arcade. I say it's, it's just in blocky trousers. Yeah, um, blocky. And they do weird things in the yeah. arcade, don't they? Some of the guys just stood around on crates. Yeah,
1: yeah, just stood around. <laughs>
0: It's yeah, really and, and they, really they do that in
1: game. the C64 version. Sometimes they'll just be stood there yeah. looking back and forth, and it, it's there, but it's just... It's It's, I mean, it's one it's, of the
0: better-looking... It's, it's one of the better-playing complete versions, isn't it? But there's, obviously, it came out in so many different formats over the years, hasn't it? It's quite remarkable. Remember- oh, yeah. Quite incredible. Yeah, yeah, it really has.
1: Yeah. And like I said, it's it's okay. It's an it's an okay version. It was better than... Because I, I was expecting this to be a dog egg. I really was thinking it was going to be awful. But and at first, I was like, oh, God, this is so... But like I said, turn, tune the thing in. I got to, I think midway through level four i think so i didn't get too bad on a few goes once i got the hang of it it is actually quite easy once you actually ease yourself into how it plays and know that you just got to crouch all the time tricky bits are when you have to clamber over any barrels or anything or crate and then you you kind of have the mercy of a couple of things but yeah it was okay it was fine like i said blocky 64 trousers it's
0: more like rolling grumble yeah i was just looking at the um the sprite from the arcade and he's got he's got quite stylish flares on and sort of heeled boots yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, He's uh, well cool. Yeah.
1: Not the
0: C64 one though. Not as such. Although looking <laughs> at it, they could They could have probably got away with drawing that on the C64 a little. It's not. Out of the realms of possibility, it's still only what, about six or eight color sprite. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. But you yeah. can only have four colors on the C64 e- easily.
1: yeah I just wish that I used a bit more of the screen actually just to make it a bit bigger well well.
0: that's the that's the bit of the cop out isn't it to do that yeah but there you go that graphic I've graphic I've nicked and put it on the show notes so that's the I think that's the NES version I don't know if it's the arcade one but anyway that's what it is Mr. Albatross to you and me
1: Mr. Albatross yeah there we go Rolling Thunder and that's it That's it for this week. We've looked at eight games. What a what are eight games they anyway. were? We looked at Samurai Warrior, the Battles of Usagi Yajimbo, which I was obviously way more into, but that's fair enough. It's not always the same. Gunsmoke, which we rightly, you know, whatever. UCM, what was it with these commando craps? Uh, GB Air Rally, which was a stupidly simple, <laughs> weird flight racer. Car Chucks, which was okay. Rockford, which was an affront. ATF, which was misguided. And finally, Rolling Thunder, which was... Uh, Blocky 64 flares and slow blaze. Blaze. <laughs> <Blairs. laughs> He's got his blaze on. <laughs> Farrah blaze. <Blairs. laughs> <laughs> he has got farrahs on, aren't he, that guy? Yeah, probably has. Uh, and that's it. That's it for this week. That's quite good. Uh, there's some good games there. There's a couple of interesting games. Mm. I not heard of, but also some utter crap. Oh, God yeah. really UCM. bad. Yeah. Gunsmoke. Yeah. yeah, Gunsmoke and Rockford for me Yeesh. i mean I'll, I'll let thingy go because it was just some weird amalgamation of uh, demo code that ucm but I'll, yeah. I'll let it i'll give it some whatever but rockford is a nightmare and yep. yeah and the atf was misguided like i said there we go i don't think we've got anything much to add i can tell you what we've got coming up next week so say so we've got coming up next week i think it should uh next week we've got the cover game so we've got Packland. yep that one we've got tanium do you know what tanium is by the way no follow-up to warhawk oh okay makes sense didn't get so, the score that's... though did it no it didn't uh we've got wolfman <laughs> which is the final uh our final foray into oh i've up this tree <laughs>
0: i oh, wonder how much weight god. it will be in that <laughs> god loads you slowly your face gets hairier <laughs> your your hands
1: elongate what do you wish to do now wait your feet elongate what do you wish to do wait <laughs> your teeth
0: elongate
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do you wish to do
0: Owl. your fanster has elongated <laughs> oh he must Oof. have an enormous one.
1: oh the agony <laughs> oh the pain with all the pain these <laughs> trifling bears these trifling wolf men climbing up trees <laughs> after me um then we've got corporation which I, I seem to remember but it's some weird one from activision good music yeah the uh, Halls of the Things, which looks okay. got good look, doesn't look that much, but I've heard I seem to remember very good things about that. It's supposed to be quite mm. good. Championship Sprint, which ooh, mm, could be mm, bad. Doesn't sound good. Top fuel challenge. Stupid, and it sounds it sounded crap that. It's a drag racing game. Oh no. And finally the ill named Prowler. <laughs> God's sake. Which is some 3D blaster from what I saw of it. Budget 3D blaster. <laughs> oh, but anyway, sake. we'll see. But it's a bad name. No one wants to call anything Prowler.
0: <laughs> no, they don't
1: no they don't that sounds like a dodgy uh, Clint Eastwood movie from the 80s or the, the bad <laughs> guy in a, in a dodgy it. 80s Clint Eastwood movie I'm here to find the K- prowler I fire it's six shots <laughs> I don't care if he breaks in and does things to women I'm going to find him and kill it. it's the prowler <laughs> it's
0: the prowler the killer called the prowler yeah it is a Dirty Harry movie isn't it that yeah
1: it really is so anyway that's what we've got so that's it we've said our stuff at the beginning so I don't think we've got anything else to add have you got anything you wish to say no.
0: Graham no I don't that's uh, another fine collection Let's see what the next one brings.
1: It is. Do you, you realise, by the way, I did want to mention this. We are, this is the start of our fourth year of magazine. I meant to, I meant to mention this last week. Of course it is, actually, yeah, it's, technically, uh, yeah. Issue 37, we've done 36, we've covered 36 magazines, so that's three years' worth of magazines we've done. Yep. Three Absolutely. years with yeah, the game started in the May, didn't it? So did yeah. So this is the start of the fourth year of coverage. Ooh! In, in May '88, I meant to, meant to mention it last week, but I forgot. I forget lots of wow. things these days. Here we so go. That's a lot. Of, that's a big stack of magazines in the corner. <sighs> it really is a lot of games to be played, but more to come. And so yes, so we'll be back next week with that lot. And so we won't say anything more here. I think we'll just get out of it as ever. I have been Adrian Mills.
0: I have been Graham Raddings. And you
1: have been listening to Zapped
0: to the Past.
1: And we will see you again next week where we will be prowling around your ears.
0: (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Zapped to the Past podcast.